Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about the radios. So let's get started, shall we? All right. Leia, how are you doing this week? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing? I am feeling really bad. I'm oh. about to let everybody down this week. Oh, no. Because this podcast drops on Friday, which is the last <gasps> day for the question pool. Oh, no. And I had great plans to cram for like a couple days, maybe a couple weeks before the end. And uh, that did not happen. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yeah. I'm sorry for you, Leah. Yeah, it's it's great. I feel really bad. So, sorry, especially to Nathan, who has been warning me for I don't, I, hundreds I, of days. I don't remember a single warning from Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> At no time did he email or voicemail telling you that this was coming. And to our no one saw this coming. Our illustrious kidding, uh, HRCCVEs, yes, Mike and Heather. Mm-hmm. Also very sorry. Mm-hmm. I know you guys really wanted. I mean, they were willing to test me down to the last moment. And I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe. That's code <laughs> then, for Leia of then, eh, outlook not so good. That's the magic eight ball equivalent of Leia saying outlook not so good. I, I think I was uh, overly optimistic about the amount of free time we would have once the kids were not in an active academic year oh summertime well like track and field ends Mm -hmm. right chinese school ends regular school ends it's just i'm gonna have so much free time it has just gotten worse it is so much harder so terrible with the kids home it's not I mean, terrible having them home. It's the no, no. Of course, it's I the don't coordination mean of all of their different camps. The the reality is, is that like the idle hands of our children, they do get into trouble. They they get they get bickery with each other. All kinds of things happen. And to me, having to like work a couple of days from home, oh my gosh, when they're just there. It's yeah. impossible to get things done. So you have them in a lot of like interesting classes. Which well, is actually, my philosophy is that summer is for passions. Oh. Summer is for like growth mm. and yeah, interests and things. I, yeah. <laughs> I like it. And, you know, just like just general exploration of interests. Right, 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 right. Because it, summer isn't supposed to be academically rigorous. I, I know some people do take that route. Sure, but your your point of view. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. And I like them having a decent amount of downtime to the point where they get so bored, they have to go find things mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And now Ben is obsessed with 3D printing. Uh, that's for a couple of reasons. Edison is actually in a 3D modeling class, which he's having a blast with. Yeah, he's using Tinkercad. So, um, and Edison, what is Edison into? I don't know. Edison's into rubbing in his brother's face that he's <laughs> doing 3D printing, yeah. I guess. I got uh, I got big mad, and I decided I'm getting rid of the old 3D printer. I've had nothing but just tinker time on it. Not actual printing, just tinker time. Very few prints. Yeah, have because you made. actually have the goal of printing ham radio accessories. Right. I am not the person who wants to make 3D printing a hobby. Right. So much like the GMRS guys in radio, mm-hmm. they don't want to make radio a hobby. They just want to use it as a tool. 
Well, that's how I feel about 3D printers. I look at them as tools. Like I want to bring up something, Fusion, Fusion 360, which Maybe is a modeling software. Maybe you could take software. your old ham radio, your old 3D printer, and take it to Ham Radio Outlet. No, okay. nobody's gonna want this thing. And then see if anybody at Ham Radio Outlet wants to tinker while they're waiting people to come in to maybe maybe that's that's not a horrible idea but i decided to <laughs> buy a printer and i did research for a little while and i'll just let everybody know i can i can uh i have not i have not recommended a 3d printer i've made multiple 3d printer videos i have never recommended a 3d printer yeah because you've never bought a good one until now i have never bought a good one until now i can emphatically recommend the bamboo p1p you literally woke up this morning to check the video feed on the printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it has a video camera. I don't even think camera. you were fully awake. I wasn't. You were even, like, like How is it? It? what is my printer? It's good. It's good. <laughs> you okay, little buddy? <laughs> hey, Bobo. Uh, no, it is. I cannot. It, it is like all the the many printers I've owned fiddling, fiddling around, not making prints to then this, which is like. I don't want to say cutting edge, but it's all the upgrades that makes it just so easy to get started. So if you are interested in actually making things for ham radio, it is $600 right now. It's, all, oh, wow. it's on sale for $100 off. Go look up the reviews, the Bamboo P1P for a ham radio enthusiast, for someone who's actually going to maybe make some 3D models, I, I think that you probably, this is on the more, more prosumer side, but I've never seen anything this good and so cheap. So, yeah, completely just got to throw that out there because I'm literally watching it print in time lapse right now. <laughs> These storage boxes that I need to put like little doodads in in the shack because I've completely or almost completely reorganized my shack and I am just... I'm over the moon. Hey, over if you ever want to just clean out a room, mm -hmm. buy a dumpster. Rent <laughs> a dumpster before you're ready to throw anything out because you're going to pay for that dumpster and you only have a week with it. Yep. And suddenly you get all kinds you, of motivation. Yeah. You're like, well, there's an empty dumpster. I, I can't just I get it back empty. It. I can't get it back. <laughs> I'm losing money. Yeah. It's like going to the buffet <laughs> and not eating until you're dead. And hey, everybody, good news. This episode is sponsored by Alpha Antennas. We're still doing a really cool giveaway of an HOA Buster Antenna, which is when we'll be giving it away, Lab? It's ending on July 12th. Excellent. Okay, so last week, we had you listen for a secret word. This week, go to the show notes. There's going to be two links. One is the Google form to sign up, right? Yes. And then the second link is to Alpha Antennas. And on the HOA Buster website... There was a bolted. Yes, it's a 10 to 80 meter HOA buster. That's right. HF MCOM antenna. There's a bolded word. There is a description. There is a description. For the antenna. And there's one bolded word in that description. And that is the word you'll use to enter the contest. So that's all you got to do. We appreciate Alpha Antenna a lot for supporting the show. With that said, we'd like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. <laughs> I don't... Normally, it's got a nice tone to it. This one was a little judgy. You it's that never off. a minute. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this comes directly, directly from the San Clemente Island adventure, which we'll be talking about for the show topic. But this is the Ham Radio Minute. Mics, mic cables specifically, adapters, headphone adapters, all those things, right? 
it's one thing to have an adapter for a couple of the radios you own. Let's say you have a good pair of headsets. Like I have a portable Heil headset that I like to use when I'm going to do something like field day where potentially there's a lot of wind and all that other fun stuff. I like to use a head, like a set of headphones. It really sure. knocks the wind out. Yeah. Right? Plus you get the little boom mic, all that stuff right on there. If you've got adapters for the radios you own, that means you're good if you're using your radios. But sometimes when you go to field day, you might not be using your radios. You're going to be using somebody else's radios. So this is... Nacho radios. Right. This is one of those really important questions to ask, like, hey, am I bringing out my own gear? Which, in the case of San Clemente, I did not because I brought out the hex beam and some other heavier items, right? So... I just was going to use whatever was out there. And guess what? I didn't have the right adapter for my Heil headset to connect to the Yesu FT450 that they had. So I was a bit um, undergunned when it came to doing single sideband. But we'll talk about that when we get uh, to the show topic. So announcements this week, as always, make sure you check out our nets that we do weekly. We do a Thursday net at 6.30 p.m. PST. You can go to hrcc.link for more information on that. And a Friday net, which starts about the same same time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And the best ways to keep up on all of that is to join our Discord, and particularly the hashtag hf-net for coordination. And we also have a hashtag... Uh, digital modes room so dmr dstar yesu system fusion all of that they coordinate the thursday net on that chat room so make sure you go about that leia that means it's time leia would you like to take a test oh. <sighs> i guess it is time it is time hmm hmm all right well you're not going to stop taking tests you're just going to have a whole new question pool so great It'll it's be okay. easier this time. You know, I'm you know kidding. what? It won't be. You know what? What's what, really what? great is that I'm just gonna help a whole bunch of new people who That's, are. Yes. What? What a good never, spin uh, you're putting on this. That's a good spin. It feels like I'm never gonna stop helping. You're never gonna stop helping <laughs> the potential generals out there. That's right. I I think mm-hmm. mentally. What I have, like, I'm somebody who begins with the end in mind, right? Sure. And I know that the end of the general just means I then have to get into the extra, which is an exponentially harder test. A whole new end. Yeah. It's a whole new end. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like you to sing that. A whole new end. A whole new end. (laughs) Okay. I'm on question one of 35. New band areas to explore. Something like that. I don't know. The highest I have scored on the these pr- uh, the practice exams yes. on the podcast uh-huh. is twenty one out of thirty five. That's not good. It's not good. It's it, what is it? Five off? I think. Uh, you seventy four percent pass rate. Yeah. So the first question reads: What does the Q signal in QRN mean? Mm. A. I'm troubled by static. B. Stop sending. C, zero beat my signal. Delete your radio. D, send more slowly. The answer is A, I am troubled by static. Mm. 
the next question reads, which of the following is a requirement for administering a technician class license examination? A, at least three general class or higher VEs must observe the examination. B, at least two general class or higher VEs must be present, but only one needs to be an extra amateur class. C, at least three VEs of technician class or higher must observe the examination, or D, at least two general class or higher VEs must be present. And the answer is A, Mm -hmm. at least three general class or higher VEs must observe the examination. On which HFMF bands is a general class license holder granted all amateur frequency privileges a 160 meters 30 meters 17 meters 15 meters 12 meters and 10 meters b 160 meters 60 meters 30 meters 17 meters 12 meters and 10 meters c 160 meters 80 meters 40 meters and 10 meters d 60 meters 20 meters 17 meters and 12 meters And the answer is B, 160 meters, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, 12 meters, and 10 meters. So many meters. And the only thing that I remember about this question Mm -hmm. repeatedly, Mm -hmm. right, is that it is always the longest answer, Mm -hmm. but you don't get all the privileges on 30. That's it. Yep. (laughs) That's What does the K index indicate? A, the stability of the sun's magnetic field. B, the short-term stability of Earth's magnetic field. C, the relative position of sunspots on the surface of the sun. Or D, the solar radio flux at Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I got this one wrong. Uh, B, the short-term stability of the Earth's magnetic field. I should have known that, but... It's fine. Now, last question. Is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm on five. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) What is the one way that RF energy can affect human body tissue? Oh. A, it cools body tissue. B, it heats body tissue. C, it causes the blood count to reach a dangerously low level. so full of blood. This is one of my favorite questions. D, it causes radiation poisoning. And the answer is B, it heats the body tissue. It heats the body tissue. Yeah, I got that one wrong, though. What? I said radiation poisoning. I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to say the wrong answer. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, you know what? No. RF could really poison you. No, it can't. (laughs) It's not. It's non-ionizing radiation. I know it can heat the body. I knew That's it. Because there's a hot dog experiment. That's right. Mm-hmm. An ongoing hot dog experiment. Unsuccessful. Man, Lan, yeah. I don't know. Not good. <laughs> Not a good way to go out on that one, bud. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go. For I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other. For I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Mm. Always good. So dramatic. And then. Yes. The breakdown. In my increasing paranoia. (laughs) You're getting paranoid? (laughs) You are? 
No, you know what? I uh, I think I worry a lot about maybe it's because every time I come home, I see antennas on the roof. Oh. I, I worry about us being targets. In, oh, okay. In a survival situation. Roving bands of HOA board members? No, just the same way as a ham radio operator, as you're driving around and you see somebody's house with an antenna, mm-hmm. right, that you know is for radio. Okay. You go, hey, that person has radio. And in your mind, you're thinking, that's a kindred spirit. It, to right? me, yes. That's, that's, uh, that is a part of my uh, fraternity of, and I say fraternity in the co-ed Right, right. that we're discussing. Right. That is a very positive way of looking at what is an indicator of somebody being prepared. Right. So you look, do you know any ham radio operators who are not in some way prepared? Yeah, I know it's done. Who? Like you name that, names right I'm now. Not gonna, come on. <laughs> I mean, there's some people that are just into operating the radio and they're not really into preparedness. I, I would say that you're going to more often than not find a ham that's more prepared than the average. I Joe would citizen. argue I, well, you're that even the doing least it. prepared ham is more prepared than the average citizen. Wow. Okay. 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 Those are strong. Maybe words. just in wits alone. Okay. Just in <laughs> brain power. Yes. <laughs> we got more folds up there. Okay. So this week's preparedness topic is from R slash preppers. I can't tell you uh who wrote it because in true OPSEC. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's a word. That should have been the secret word. Yeah. They deleted their name. Wow. <laughs> Because the question is, hidden prep hiding spots. (laughs) Do you have any? Where would you hide your prep if people were likely to come looking? Right. And this person says, I prep for the following, financial worries, earthquake, uh, pandemic, uh, climate change. Okay. Okay. So he has considered, or she, I guess, the roof space under the house wall off shelves to make them hidden the space around the bath when it's an insert i don't know what that like like a drop-in tub oh gotcha okay so a lot of those have access panels oh i see underneath couches or within the fabric of your couch i feel like that would be a real dead giveaway i I sewed two thousand (laughs) dollars into this bark lounger this is where i hit all my spam Uh, yes (laughs) In my couch. So I mean, it's. Do you think that's wise? It's a spam branded couch. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you even find this thing? Knott's Berry Farm has spam plushies. Like the the tin, the yes. can. Yeah. I want. That say spam on them. That's not one of those and carnival nice, prizes, right? It's no. an actual like. So Knott's game is that if it's the multi. Uh, plushies in a game that would be nearly impossible to evaluate. Mm-hmm. This, ironically, 
the ramen plushie, the spam plushie, and uh, some other food plushie Mm -hmm. is a part of the guess your weight game. Okay. And the guess your weight game, I don't know how he would win that. They lose at guessing your weight. But in reality, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Okay. Because whatever you paid to play the game, you are automatically getting the plushie. The game is a show. There's multiple games like that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Not all of them are like that. Okay. But this particular one, there's probably three Uh that are like that, that that you are just exchanging money for plushie. With a show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, no, thank you. I don't want to feel like I'm fat. Mm -hmm. May I just have the large novelty spam can? Yes, exactly. Because I'm a huge enthusiast. Okay. Why well, they really pegged the market with that one? <laughs> Let's put the spam cans on the guess your weight thing. Really go after a very specific market here. <laughs> so while while we're on the topic of hiding your hiding. your preps, yes, right? Yes, and your spam. don't don't be like Josh and cram every antenna re- that he can reasonably fit onto our roof. So you're saying being I should a move? beacon? You're saying it looks I like a move? propeller on top of the house. So I get it. I get it. I should move all of my antennas to my neighbor's roof. <laughs> really throw them off the trail. That's what you're saying. Make them the target. Make them the target. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you might have some some issues with getting a neighbor to sign up. I mean, my antennas are very stealthy. <laughs> How dare you, ma'am? People literally. Is that your house (laughs) with all the antennas? I love it. So uh, I have to plug Alpha Antenna again. Right, right, right. Obviously. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the antenna that's being given away, the MCOM antenna, is uh, a good OPSEC (laughs) antenna. Right. Well, it goes either way, right? Because it, it, the the prize pack giveaway and just the one you can get on their website, you can get just a long wire for it if you wanted, you know, just just run a long wire out. Right. Maybe you've got a, a nice tree in the backyard that you could throw it onto. But if not, you can just clip it onto the downspout of your of your gutter or you know on the top. Did you know it comes in different colors though, so that it I, can match whatever color your gutters are? I did when we did There's, the video. Yeah. When we did the video, uh, he had a couple of the colors there, and they are like common house colors. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the colors. Okay. There's six colors. Yeah, uh, almond beige, almond slash beige, uh, black, dark brown, blue, white, and gray. That's that's all the modern gutter colors anyway. The gray color is nice. Well, the idea is that it's going to sit like on the ground, right? Because it, it it's on a copper rod, so you yeah. you plunge the copper rod into the ground, and it mounts on top of it. And it kind of looks like it looks like the cap of like a, a a relief valve, like a master drain valve cover a little bit, like a lot of yeah. the decorative ones. Mm-hmm. It's just a very large PVC cap kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the vibe it gives when it's just on the ground like that. It's like you, you wouldn't really pay attention to it at all. Steve over at Alpha Antenna. Mm-hmm says that the HOA Buster is a matching network that uses gutters as the antenna element for 10 to 80 meters. The matching network then has a metal spike under it, which is used to complete the circuit and provide a static drain through the included mount and spike. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's very cool. 
So first of all, if you are concerned about your, and so many people have actually emailed in, like, it's probably not a good idea to have an antenna that is so visible if you're actually worried about it, preparedness in a way that you want to keep it hidden. Well, I mean, right. that's the that's the line, right? Just because you're paranoid, that doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Exactly. So one of the other Redditors commented that they hide the bulk of their preps in various places, mm -hmm. but they keep a sacrificial stash. What? Okay. To give to whoever's asking. So people will happen upon this readily accessible stash. Mm-hmm. You, you give it away if it's being demanded right. or if they break in and find it, they'll think that's all there is. It's a decoy stash. Okay? It's like a, it's, it's a, it's a big empty box with one MRE and a sticker <laughs> that's slapped on it says, oops, time to reorder. <laughs> it's like the cheap spam knockoffs in that box. <laughs> oh, the blue labeled one? Those are They're gross. Luncheon meat. Luncheon meat. Yes. Ugh. Disgusting. Instead of corned beef, it's like corned soy. Oh. <laughs> just, the, just put in the cheapest of preps, right? Corned like, here you go. soy? Like uh, corned It's probably tofu? fine for vegans. It's probably fine for vegans. They probably make a corned tofu. I bet it's fine. Another commenter notes that roof spaces and under the house are not great areas to store food preps, especially temperature because hot, cold cycles, sure. moisture, things like that. So they suggest behind the stacks of sheets and towels at the top of a closet. Okay. Uh, in the bottom of a closet in plastic tubs and drawer organizers, which I, I feel people would look there. They, they'd look there just in looking for valuables. I mean, if you've got somebody who's them, just yeah. like ransacking the place, right? Yeah. Under the bed. That's I think not, that's really yeah. uh, in locked filing cabinets. He said that's where he puts all his good stuff. A filing cabinets like those locks are really chintzy. You can just bend the whole thing open with a crowbar. But I would even... absolutely go looking in a file cabinet. Right. Sure. That's you got to put yourself in the mind of what would you do? What would you do? Well, maybe not you if the average HRCC listener is very intelligent. So Get that guy. He's got antennas on his house. <laughs> Go get him. But the average, the average not so smart looter, where would they look? Where would you loot? Right. And uh, this reminds me of my friend who received a gorgeous diamond tennis necklace mm -hmm. for her birthday. Kay. It's probably the showiest piece of jewelry her husband's ever bought her mm -hmm. it was i think for mother's day or something how much are we talking five figures i think five figures i think so wow yeah that is a lot it's a lot of diamonds that's like a hyundai yeah <laughs> i don't think so anymore i think a hyundai is that's 20. just yeah maybe a day woo then yeah <laughs> so she was trying to figure out where to put this necklace mm -hmm. right and so she thought oh, well, I'll, like, hide it in a cereal box in my girl's bedroom. I'm like, and you don't think that when their friends come over... Oh, it's going to get thrown and, out. And they go look mm -hmm. in 
in the closet for toys. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I love cereal. <laughs> right? right. I can tell you where to put it. And then she was like, oh, maybe I'll put it underneath my uh, bathroom sink. In like okay. a tampon box or something. Again, anything that's going to be cheaply thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to forget about it. You might even be the one to throw it out. Sure. Right. Wait, why not? Uh, this is this is kind of crazy. Like, let's stick with the, let's stick with the sink, right? <laughs> Just this is not a this is not a bad location. Put it in a box that you're not like like a plastic box. Sure. And then tape it behind the sink. Yes. Like actually hide it. Like yeah, the the obfuscation here is going a little <laughs> too hard in the in the urban camouflage area. Like just hide the thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sure, but it, that also got me thinking. Mm-hmm. You've just got to put yourself in the mind of somebody who's looking for things that are valuable. Think about it like this: somebody who breaks into a house most of the time is looking to get high dollar items as fast as possible and be on their way. Yes. They're not trying to lock, pick open locks. Right. They're trying to smash things, pry things open that are visible that they can get at. Yes. That's what they're aiming to do. I mean, in reality, uh, a pretty good hiding spot, Uh, probably not for preps though, because when you're talking about preps, they're it's a large quantity of item if it's Mm -hmm. small amounts of things you could probably get away with the the most invasive probably being a wall safe in your closet Mm -hmm. that is obscured by storage totes or something sure you know and even then like a lot of wall safes are i mean if they're done right they're in pretty good yeah they're like lag bolted into studs. Like you literally have to take a reciprocating saw to the studs to get it out. Though I don't think it's a good idea to do a wall safe behind like a painting. That's, you know, I think people do look behind paintings. But anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, James Bond. But in terms of preps, I feel like why not just obviously if you have room in your house. Just make a bed of preps and make it like a bed. <laughs> People have done that. I've seen that before. Right? Yeah. Because even, what is it, uh, real estate agents, when they're staging houses. They're just boxes. N- not a, even boxes. Sometimes they're just uh, folding tables that they then dress yeah, as sure. beds. So know? I was going to say, I do like the uh, hiding in plain sight sometimes with that necklace. Yeah. Right in the fish tank. <laughs> Display it. Like have a have a pirate skeleton that's like holding it or something. <laughs> a pirate it... skeleton holding your can of spam. <laughs> right, right, my my solid gold commemorative can of spam that I that I have. No, yeah, I mean like something. If it's so crazy, like that, it's just ridiculous. Like that sometimes is okay, right? But yeah. when you're going out of your way to, like, make something look like something else, you will throw it away accidentally. It is going to happen. I think a bit of, a, like, homesteads, right? I, I obviously have – I grow foodstuffs even in the front garden. Yeah. People would assume then that I have stu- foodstuffs in my back garden, which – if not for the already beacon of antennas mm-hmm. on the roof, I would feel a little self-conscious about. Because Food? Then, 
Yeah, because in a post-apocalyptic situation. Like they peek over the fence and they're like, whoa. <laughs> Look at all those eggplants. <laughs> hey. I could really make some tortang talong. <laughs> keep an eye on this place. <laughs> that's right, all you Filipino thieves. I, I think all. I think that's one of the reasons that really does hold me back from just getting the two chickens I know I could get away with. Oh, that's the, be, that's the screaming cool. call to all the thieves. <laughs> we know you have preps. You have chickens. You have chickens. What a, what a move. What a showy move you have. <laughs> Not like that other guy with the diamond necklace in the fish tank. Yes. Uh a very common suggestion is actually to hide things in towels. Again. <laughs> like you, you just, because people have linen closets, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can just hide your preps behind stacks of towels. No, I get that. But like it takes, it takes no time to open up a linen closet and just dump everything out. That's, that's true. Seconds. Like, true. you just open the door, take one arm, and just shove it all out. Mm, yeah. And then it's become it's going to be real obvious if you've got something wrapped up in a towel at that yeah. point. And my last thing to note is if you are the kind of person mm -hmm. where someone has said to you at some point, oh, in an emergency, I'm coming to your place, mm -hmm. your cover's blown, buddy. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. That, that's uh, that's the other reason I probably don't care about what's on the roof is that people already know. Yeah, we're too helpful. The cover is blown. Yeah, we're just we're too helpful. <laughs> I think too many times has somebody asked me if I had something, and I was like, "Yeah, I've got that." He do, do you need to borrow it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you need the five gallon tub of that. <laughs> no, I mean, simple things like, oh, do you have a generator? Yeah. Do you need to borrow it for a school event in which you need power away from power outlets? They okay. can't borrow our generator. Well, I mean, if I were there, sure they can. No. It's not your generator. It's my generator. It's my generator. No, it's my generator. I'll buy another generator then. Now we'll have two generators. <laughs> Isn't her generator. <laughs> That's right. So is that it? That was a good one. Thank you. All right. So the show topic. All right. So today's discussion for today is go on to the show. The topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. We're about to talk about oh. the vacation that you took without me. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got off the plane. I was there for a solid thirty minutes. Well, let's back it up. Well, what I'll just say this part. Yeah. I'll just say this part. I was there for a solid 30 minutes. And then I think I spent probably three or four hours like missing you and feeling bad. Mm. That's how cool this was. <laughs> like I felt like when I, go I was led to believe that this was a camping trip. Yeah. So on, like, an, on an when, island that is like it's supposed to be pretty overrun with wildlife. Right. Right. When I go to a ham fest. I don't feel bad because I don't think you'd really enjoy yourself. I think you'd, I, I, I you'd think make I'd fun. No, I, I know yeah. you would, but it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be a thing that's your jam. You know what I mean? Like, it's I not. I just like going meeting people. I, I, do you hear what I'm saying? Do, like, if you were to, like, plan a thing, like, and you found all these, like, little mysterious things all around this 
island that you had read about, you would have been like, oh, I'm obsessed with that island. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, all right, everybody. In case you didn't know, we've been talking about it for weeks, and obviously I did two live streams, and I have so much video content. It's like possibly two videos, but I don't know that I could post two videos on it. I haven't decided yet. I went to San Clemente Island. For field day. For field day. There was a team of five of us that went. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about San Clemente Island. You're the you're the expert. Go ahead. San Clemente Island is a why this is important. Island that is not open to, to anyone the really. public. To the public, yeah. And it's it's not even like Pendleton or LaSalle's uh, Joint Forces base, where as a civilian you can show your ID and go to like, a very specific thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm, go to a PX I'm here, or whatever. you right. know. It is only accessible by military transport, essentially. Pretty much. And you have to have special permission uh, and an invitation by somebody who could have secured that permission for you. That is probably the best way to say it and probably will not go into any further detail. This island has its own various species because it is untouched right there's no right. there's no snakes on this island because Correct. snakes couldn't get there and in fact that was <laughs> that was something austin told us like because it's all grass there's a tree we saw a tree the entire time it's, it's bushes grasslands. and grasses it's grasslands beach and adam was like oh he was he was like i wonder if there's like nature trails around here because he was gonna go for a hike apparently mm -hmm. um of course of course he's adam like was. he's like i guess the good side is if you you don't have to worry about snakes out here and, and he goes yeah and if you see one you better let me know immediately <laughs> <laughs> it's also home to a massive population of foxes. It used to be overrun with goats. It, 30,000 okay. goats were on an island that's roughly 20 miles long and 14 miles wide. Because the goats were left unchecked without humans hunting And it's all them. grass. Yes. They're, <laughs> so they're like fed, goat paradise. They're, they're happy. They were all, quote unquote, relocated. Right. We know where they went. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The happy goat farms. Yeah, exactly. On the mainland. But now there are foxes, and foxes are top on the food well, chain. They're, we should uh, we should be clear. It's not now there are foxes. They believe that the foxes were brought over by indigenous people. Sure. That they were not – like it wasn't some day that there was a huge tectonic shift, and then all the foxes were on one island. And you know, well, what's up, guys? The and foxes didn't evolve the on the island. No, 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 no. Yeah. They were brought there by indigenous people. Um, and it, As pets. Well, as something, whatever. I don't know. I'm assuming pets because they, they're basically the size of a chihuahua. That's kind of what they are. So cute. Yeah. They're ridiculously cute. Anyway, um, it is the only place you can find this particular genus, if you will, of island fox. Yes. Apparently, the U.S. government pays to have rodents shipped in to the island <laughs> to, to feed, feed them. them. To keep their population strong. To, to, well, you know? <laughs> to grow it. To, to grow it. To make sure it's not dwindling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and quite Josh interesting. And Josh refused to bring one home for me. There was even a super friendly one well, that all... was just begging to be domesticated. So they're, they're all kind of friendly because they have no fear of humans. Right, because humans aren't allowed to touch them. Right. The, the only thing that happens to them is, you know, there have been a few that have been, like, struck by a car. And they have a veterinarian on staff like 24-7. What do they call they that veterinarian? A, uh, the Foxpital. <laughs> I love it. 
Coast. That was the the line. So we we flew out on a Friday from North Island in Coronado, which is a Navy base. I flew out of there in a prop plane. Again, there was five of us, uh, Marty, Heather, Austin, Adam, and I. And so... Could have been me. Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. been. So we we landed um, on. And the... I thought to myself, man, you packed really light for a camping trip. <laughs> yeah. Well. So uh, land on the North Island. That's where the the flight lane is. And uh, there is a town. I don't even know that you'd call it that. It's barracks, and there is a galley, which is basically a mess hall, and then there is a kind of a general store with a bowling alley in the basement and a restaurant slash lanes called the Salty Crab. I have no idea. We didn't go to the bowling alley. I didn't I don't even think it was open. I knew everybody was at the Salty Crab. Because at a certain point the galley closes and the only place you can get dinner is at the Salty Crab and they're open till ten. Okay. Okay. So we landed on Friday. Uh, early afternoon. And that is a government-run restaurant. That's not a privately-owned restaurant? I think everything's government-ran. Okay. It's all It's all the Navy. So we land. Everyone drives Ford F-250 pickup trucks. Okay. They come in any color you want as long as that color's white. <laughs> there are some ver- varieties of trucks. So they're ferried over? Yeah, these are just brought over. Yeah, the, like when we landed, it was a parking lot that was just full of, of Ford pickup trucks. But are they ferried over or they flew over? Oh, they're, they're, there's the dock. It oh, is okay. the Navy after all. You know, yeah. That makes sense. It's called the, the – the, San Clemente is the auxiliary landing site. Oh. It's an auxiliary landing site for the Navy. It's they only do like 20 miles though. Well, yeah, and and the dock isn't well, you could get a large you could definitely get vehicles off of uh with off of a ship without any problem. Anyway. Okay. Uh they do training there for the Navy SEALs, which we didn't really talk about. That happens on the south side of the island. They do target practice like boats, the ships will fire onto the island in some cases with dummy warheads, all that stuff on the south side. Well, so Friday we make landfall if you will. Hop in the F-250 and then immediately drive up to a soda summit. <laughs> a one-point soda you, summit. You showed me the summit. Yeah. I was like, how is that a summit? Mm-hmm. Did you find the summit marker? How we didn't look. Cause, well, because just... that was all fenced in under this like huge radar thing that we weren't going to go mess with. Gotcha. So we were within the range of it. And it was... Um, Adam was, you know, leading the show on it because it's, it looked like it's a, a soda. I'm going to be honest. And he said, <laughs> if Adam says it's good, I I trust it <laughs> implicitly. Adam has never led us wrong. Right. So we, we all activated the Soda Summit in various forms. Um, he, we'll talk about Adam in a second. We've got a whole section to talk about Adam because Adam was um, a superstar the entire weekend. But that was Friday. Right, and I don't want to spoil too much of the video, so I'm I'm gonna be light on some of the details here. But we ate dinner, and then we um we went back to the cottages that this is where the guests can stay at. Not camping, not camping, and the cottages literally just open up to the ocean. Like there's a small little driveway, and then there's literally just the ocean right there. And there's like picnic tables in the front, and like a bonfire pit. It is I dislike just, you so much. Right oh, <laughs> it's like peak Leia. Everything that I saw on this island, I was like, oh man, this is like, it's a sleepy little town, rich in not just not just the history of like the Navy's involvement on the island, but I found out when I was at the quote unquote 
airport. Right. There's these, you know, when you go to a rest stop, there's those huge plaques yes. on the wall. One of the plaques was just devoted to Chinese the Chinese abalone farms. Abalone farms. Yes. And so I took a picture of that, and that was on the last day, so I had no clue about any of that. Uh, fired that off to her, and she was probably even more mad at that point. But that's when you stopped taking my messages, I think, and stopped answering my phone calls. Yes. So go to bed, wake up in the morning, get up early. And we head out to what was dubbed the field day site. Now, an important note here about San Clemente is the south side, sorry, the north side of the island where everybody like lives, where the barracks and houses are, that is actually in grid square DM03. That's the same grid square we're in right now. So it's not rare. Okay, I, I see. The only part of the island that is the rare grid square is the south side of the island ah so we had to go to a location to run from dm03 that's the rare grid <laughs> okay so on saturday we we didn't set up our station beforehand so we got the bonus where we could run a little bit later on sunday but we set up a couple of antennas i'll, I'll walk through all the station details but the antennas that were there was austin's Five element six meter antenna with a VHF UHF mono band on top. I I brought the Buddy Hex, which did very well for reasons we'll talk about in a little bit. So that gave us uh, we left off the six meter element because obviously we had Austin's really really nice six meter beam. So we had ten meters, fifteen meters, and twenty meters for the contest or not the contest. Sorry guys, the field day. <laughs> Marty brought a bunch of different antennas, but one he had two. Uh, he had like an NVIS multiband antenna, and then he had the Chameleon um, 17 foot vertical with the spike mount and one of the matching units, the Chaw Mini, I believe, not the Micro, the Mini. And then Adam. So again, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Adam in a little bit here. Adam had Adam is always a so many star. antennas. He brought so many antennas, but they were all like carbon fiber, super lightweight. Um, he had a VHF UHF fixed Yagi, and I believe that was five or six elements. He had a four element handheld carbon fiber rod aluminum uh arrow shaft two meter 70 centimeter cross polarized yagi for doing satellites he brought his 20 meter half square antenna and i think he had something else but those were the ones that he he deployed that that he was using most often so adam set all those up he had those up in you know minutes because he's got them like super effective for um, you know, backpack portable, that kind of stuff. So as far as bands went, we also had, you know, long wires. I, no, he did. He brought a 160 either foot, 160 foot um, random wire antenna. Just like a pack mule. Well, no, because it's all super lightweight stuff. It's all really, really packable, all stuff that he's customized, right? Mm -hmm. So we were set, like we were good. Saturday, we get everything set up, and right about 1 or 2 o'clock, uh, the winds kicked up. But I'll get to that once I finish ex explaining uh, the rest of the stations because I forgot to mention the radios. As far as radios go, Marty brought his 7300 in a go box. 
His go box is really, really nice. And I think I got a couple clips of it on the video, but he has a really nice like ground bus system that he's built into a rack and he has a four U gator case. So kind of like mine, but a smaller version of it, which is a little bit more portable. So I give that a, a nod. Um, there was a Yesu FTM 300. There was a Yesu FT710. These are Austin's radios I'm talking about. And also, Austin also had an FT450. So FT710, new radio, and then an FT450, which is an older discontinued radio. Adam brought a Yesu 857, and I think he brought a Kenwood THD 72 for doing satellites, and then he had another handheld. It might have been a Baofeng. I can't remember actually now. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there was so there was a there was a decent amount of radios. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I will pack a another radio next time just to have an, another one, um, because ultimately what happened was, so for for operations wise. Both Marty, Austin, and myself are are kind of digital people. We like to use the digital modes. Sure. However, on field day, summits on the air and parks on the air, I like to do single sideband voice comms. And then Adam... Because it's super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On field day, uh, dude, single sideband so much fun. Adam was the designated Morse code operator. So he was running contacts on Morse code and uh, single sideband and fm voice most of us did contacts on fm voice most because i'll just get this out of the way too where our field day location was on that island gave us direct line of sight to not only san diego but los angeles Ooh. and all of our antennas even the vertical monoband could make it into any of those cities without much problem because we're just talking over the ocean Right. So it's right. like a direct pipeline into all these, you know, all these different cities. I had my little one watt Pico APRS on me and I was just beaconing. Every time I clicked the button, it just beaconed. It just did it fine. And I had a, you know, just a simple quarter, quarter wave antenna on it. Very, very easy VHF, UHF comms. In fact, we had a pretty sizable chunk of, of contacts that came from just doing VHF, UHF on FM. We actually did have a Gota station. Do you know what Gota is? A Gota station? Goats on the air? No. Get on the air. <laughs> okay. So you get a free station if you're running a club call, which we were. We were running a four alpha, um, and our section was LAX because it turns out the island is actually part of LA County. But if you have uh, people show up, the public, quote unquote, if you have non-licensed people show up to your uh, to your field day. And every time they make a contact, it's worth like four points. Really? Yeah. So it's like it's oh, like so a it quadruple pays store. just to get a bunch of people who yeah, who ran who don't know anything about ham radio just to have them come out, uh, or don't have their license specifically. But if they get uh, ten, if you get ten contacts from a go to station, it's worth uh, one hundred bonus points just right on top. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a really good um, really good bonus. So the go to station was was actually effective. I was I was quite impressed by that. So everything's good. We we set up a little, you know, easy up type canopy. We put up a little wall when on the side. When you say we, you mean Austin. 
No, we all we all well he brought it. He had it, but we all yes. set it up. I ended up being uh the guy line guy for reasons I'll I'll shortly explain here because I had little Boy Scout tricks that I don't know. <laughs> Adam probably knew all of them, but or he had a better way of doing it. Uh but anyway. So Adam was the only one who set up a lot of his station around the side of this building. And the reason he did that was because the, he knew the wind was coming. So he used the the, the building How as, did as he a windbreak. Well, we all knew it was coming, but we just decided to set up under the canopy because we had this huge kind of metal oh, contraption. So it's, it's, it's not that Adam uh, had insider information. Yeah. He's just smarter than you. Yeah, he, he, he appropriately he appropriately respects Mother Nature, I think, more than us. So, anyway. <laughs> what what we found out though is after Adam set up, there were some other antennas in the area, and they turned out to create like a ton of noise. Oh, so he no. had he had a lot of trouble with with RFI. Uh, so Saturday Best of intentions. Yeah. So Saturday we got up and running. We were we were up and running. So we got it there around. 8 30 and we had all the antennas including the buddy hex up uh before field day started which was 11 o'clock our time pretty good so we kick everything off we're making contacts i've got the jankopotamus out i'm connecting <laughs> i um i got the ft 450 which i had never used before and a signal link i have not used a signal link in years it's this old way we used to do digital connection to um to radios so i got that i got it up and running it, it took me a little while to get it 100 percent effective but uh we we slowly but surely started making contacts then about two o'clock those winds came in that i was talking about okay so it was 20-ish mile an hour winds with gusts up to 25 30 miles an hour and it started taking a toll on the canopy the canopy. Oh, no. So I'm thinking to myself, the beach. Right. When we right. The, with, and and I'm 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 like Austin. I'm sorry. Me and canopies. I have not had a good run, uh, <laughs> being around canopies. So he's like, yeah, I don't think this thing's gonna stay down. So we ended up running around and dropping more stakes like further out. Sure. And I'm just running. That's just guys thinking honestly. on all of them. Right. So I'm running all these guy lines. Then the the wall, we assembled, you know, one of those little, you know, tarp walls mm -hmm. on the side that comes in the kit kind of thing. Yeah. It was so windy. Make it, making it more of a wind catch. <laughs> right, right. Making it more of a sail. It was so windy that the um, the actual Velcro stitching started to tear off of the tarp. Before it ended up like taking off? Oh, I guide that thing down. Though it was not going anywhere. I guide the, the, the top, the frames. We had sandbags on each leg that were tied off. It was not going anywhere. It was so windy, though, right? That that, that panel, right? Mm -hmm. That panel, the, the sidewall. It was so windy that it was actually bending the upper connector part. No. You know, like the accordion part of yeah. the metal. It was bending it. So I had to guy out the top of that accordion top of the of the easy up. I had to guy that to like the building. So I've got like a 50 foot run of like, you know, paracord that I've got pulled off or, or it was Dacron line um, that we had staked off to ground was right by the building, basically. And it was it was intense, right? So much so that we had to cut like relief holes into the side just to to 
soften the billowing of the tarp because it was actually pushing us all into the tables. Wow. It was wild. And it, it's on the live stream. You can see a lot of that. Um, so yeah, it was, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty intense so much so that like I got wind burnt on my face from the wind. Uh huh. So I had a hood, I had actually two hoods on and I had my back turned to the wind as much as possible, but we all got pretty knocked around by the wind. It actually made me really tired that evening. I fell asleep really, really early on Saturday because I was just exhausted from getting battered by the wind and just listening to it that is how for hours do. and hours. Well, no, this this was a little bit different because you know you're trying to you're trying to make contacts and stuff, right? You're trying to get a lot of stuff going on, and it just yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So about a little after the wind kicked off into the afternoon, I decide twenty meters is not kind of yielding the contacts I want. Um, so I decide to switch to fifteen. Okay. So I give 20 to Adam. He takes it over and he's doing CW on it. And Adam's just killing it. Right. Mind <laughs> you, mind you, the 450, I had some kind of problem with it that I couldn't do single sideband on the 450. Um, and then later I had another issue with the 710 that we'll talk about later because that came up in the live stream. So gave that off to Adam. He's doing CW. I'm doing FT8 on 15. The bands are fabulous for 15. I'm killing it. I'm getting all the way across the country. I'm picking up DX in uh, Canada and South America. Not not a problem. So everything's good. The wind's destroying everything, taking everything out. But we pretty much came to the conclusion. It's like, okay, the bands that we're on right now, we're going to stick on. Marty ended up um, hopping onto 40, which he did really well on. So he stayed there. Uh Austin never really got off of six while working VHF and UHF uh, at the same time. Okay. Because, again, I, I know I've mentioned it many times, but uh, a lot of the reasons why Austin has been so active on the radio is because of all the people that are constantly encouraging him that are involved in the Fred Fish Award. If What is the Fred Fish Award? There is an award that if you can work every grid square in the u.s on six meters you get a special fred fish award okay and you're not confusing this with like a fried fish award no fred fish <laughs> he's he's passed away it's a memorial award well now i feel bad for making yeah, the joke. yeah thanks a lot josh yeah so there are a couple of grid squares in the u.s that are particularly rare to get okay and this one on san clemente island is one that is just logistically very difficult because again, the on, there's only part of the island, I'd say a little more than half, that is qualifies as DM03. Right. And that's the only landmass in the ocean. Oh, really? That's what I'm saying. It's the only piece of land that is DM03. Wow. So the only people that are making contacts uh, to DM03 for Fred Fish, they're getting it via Austin. Wow. So he goes out there and he coordinates with the people that are trying to get it and he helps them like work through it. Oh, good guy. Oh, you know, indeed. Yeah, Austin's great. So with all that said, six meters was not good this weekend, which is a real bummer because we wanted it to be, you know, a great showing. And we had such good propagation on six meters for the VHF UHF contact uh, contest that I think was either a week or two weeks beforehand. I think it was two weeks beforehand. 
Austin was saying that he was making it all the way into Europe on six meters. Wow. Which is frankly very rare. Very, very rare. Very impressive. He Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he had no problem getting to the uh, the East Coast from the island on six meters. It was just it, it was amazing. The fact that it happened over a contest weekend was just so cool. I was making contacts out there. It was it was great. It was a lot of fun. So, all right. So at some point, we all started getting kind of hungry. Um, and so we decided, you know, we had operated for I don't even know how many hours just before it got dark. So I guess that was about eight hours or so. And we were kind of deciding, do we do we bring the antennas down, re-guy them? Uh, and just go eat some dinner and then come back? Or what are we going to do? So we went out to the the Salty Crab, grabbed some dinner, and I think all of us just kind of said, we're pretty tired. <laughs> so yeah. we, we went to sleep. Uh, but we got up bright and early on Sunday. Now, thankfully, Sunday was much calmer. There was not really any problem uh, at all with uh with the winds which was really nice because i did a, a follow-on live stream for an hour kind of just walking through everything again because the first night was just so difficult with the wind so thanks everybody who watched both nights but hopefully sunday was a little bit more uh fun for you all i got the opportunity to switch over to the ft710 at that point in which time i started making single sideband contacts i had a problem though <laughs> oh and this was talked about on the live stream. I'm only mentioning it because we found the solution. So the FT710 wouldn't allow me to PTT the mic oh. to make contacts. I had to push the Vox button, which is, as you probably know, Leia Vox is voice-operated control. Of course. Right? Yeah, I knew that. So I had to click the <laughs> Vox button and then start talking into the mic. But anytime there, there was a bit of wind or a bump in the background or any kind of noise, it would kick the mic off. So it, it excuse me, it made it kind of difficult for, for me to make contacts that way. So I ultimately ended up still going back to FD8. I, I had some, some radio problems this weekend, which was fine because I, I still was, I think, 130 contacts at the end, um, which was wow. okay. It, you know, that's that's not... That's not contester level, but it's it's you know pretty good for just being out in the middle of nowhere portable operation. Uh, Adam made over a hundred contacts, I believe. Marty did too, and the only one who, and and it was really just due to to propagation because that's how six works. Was Austin had some difficulty there? Um, I will get the final score and I'll put it in the video though when when I post that which will likely be next week or the following week and again i've got so much stuff that i don't know that i can cram it all into one video so i'll have leah take a look before i decide i guess now the last thing i want to mention is adam adam is i i've i don't know when i came up with this or where the thought came from of but when you think of an amateur radio operator mm -hmm. and what you would expect from them like okay. if you took all the best bullet points of what you'd want to see in an amateur radio operator that's Adam. He's a great operator, right? <laughs> he 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 uses those radios. He goes outdoors. He uses his radios. He understands his radios very well. He he understands how to use multiple modes of operation and is very active on Morse code. Now that's all the operating side. There are many hands that do that. 
Adam takes you to the next level of ham radio where he is making everything himself, right? Yeah. He makes his own antennas. He does the work, the math in, in getting them tuned up just right. Absolutely just takes it to that extra ham level. Adam had a, so everything's super lightweight because he's got a backpack, right? Mm-hmm. I mentioned in the beginning, but Adam had a five or six element VHF antenna, a Yagi. Okay. It folds up. The boom folds up. All the elements come down. It packs down to like two feet, two and a half feet, right? That goes on top of a carbon fiber mast, which he he got it from Ham Radio Dude. It's called the Giga Dude. <laughs> That's the mass. That's the how it started out its life. But then Adam's like, no, 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 no. I can't just go touch this thing and turn it, right? Because they're directional. Mm-hmm. He built a 3D printed and built a rotor with a motor control so that while he's sitting and operating, he can have a little switch that turns it left and right Ugh. while he's operating. These are all things he designed, right? Genius so that is Adam. He, he designed the electrical circuits. He then did the 3D printing design. So he designed the 3D model and then printed it all out. He had all kinds of cool little 3D printed things he's been working on. Adam is like... Are you telling me that Adam influenced you to buy that new 3D printer? I wouldn't say that's the reason, <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, I'm like... Yeah, I need to I need to get back into doing that because I was making models for a little while and I I was just so frustrated with my printer that I I just didn't want to mess with it. But but Adam is the the epitome of like the the new modern ham, right? Yeah. He uh, appreciates new technologies. He can use them, particularly 3D printing, adopting it when it works for him, but is all the things that like people complain about. Oh, you don't do enough CW. Adam does it. You don't like build your own stuff. Adam. Nobody doesn't. has anything to complain about about Adam. There's Plus literally he makes lasagna I, I, and cookies on I, mountaintop. I, I can't okay. like I. There's he's just such an so okay so dynamic. He's he's <laughs> the perfect guy you want on one of these events too because he made like four or five satellite contacts as well. Whoa. While he was doing field day, he stopped, set up the the um the satellite antenna, and I mean uh that's the total number across the weekend. So that was including Friday and whatnot. Uh so we got an extra hundred bonus points just from him making a contact over a satellite. Right. So Adam was just the all-star. All aside from Austin, of course, Austin, you 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 deserve a ton of credit. But as far as the ham radio side of it goes, Adam just straight up killed it all. Like he came, dude came on a mission. He he used all of the radio. Very impressive. Adam I'm always is like impressed. The Michael Jordan of ham radio. A little bit, Just right? Because he's it. like, yeah, I can do, I can do satellite contacts. I can do CW. I can build this wacky curtain antenna or not curtain. Who antenna, needs a flex square. radio when you? Who needs two flex radios when you've got one atom? Well, I don't know about. I mean. <laughs> He's not against SDRs, but he's, that's not really his thing. He doesn't want to bury a radio in a rack somewhere and network into it. He wants to go out in the field, right, and use this stuff that he built. It's just like he's the – he's kind of the grizzly Adams of ham radio a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it Very resourceful, incredibly resourceful. Anyway, uh, Actually, I am – Actually, Adam invented the Scouts. 
he wrote all of <laughs> yeah. the all of the books. Bane <laughs> yeah. Powell did the scouts, who I'm assuming predates Adam by some years. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. We're doing another. I think Adam and I, and actually the at least one of the boys, is <laughs> going on an adventure uh, here in a little while with Adam. Wait till they hear that Adam also 3D prints. Oh yeah, but that that is proper camping, Leia. So you're you're probably out on that one. That's actually backpacking too. So I mean, I would be willing to do it, except for I think you're doing it in the summer, and that's just too hot. It's in the Sierras. It's cool up there. Oh, that sounds too far. <laughs> Well, there you go. This ran a little long, as probably as my videos will, so I hope nobody's offended by that. But man, what a fun, what a fun adventure. It it really was. And the fact that it's like, it's in our backyard. And it's like, oh, it's so cool. Anyway. So yeah, I, I always feel bad when I start talking about this stuff because it's like, you can't really go there. I, I, I am but you know what incredibly you, can re fortunate. you can recreate this there are tons of well actually in California yeah. anyway yeah you could. Uh, state parks I mean you can't get the rare grid square but yeah you yeah there's state parks but there's actually the Channel Islands you can camp at the Channel Islands yes you can go to the Channel Islands I don't know how many of them are potas but I'm assuming some of them are yeah I mean if if you're on either uh anywhere where there is a beach and I guess a summit near I, the beach. Gen generally speaking, if you're in what California. What about Malibu and, State Beach? Is that? I don't know. I mean, I can look it all up. But like yeah. generally, if you're in California and you're on a beach, it's probably a poda. It's it's probably pretty safe to say it's a poda. Right. At least down south. So anyway. Yeah. So stay tuned for more, I guess. I uh, hope you enjoy the video. You did come back very happy. And oh, yeah. Unusually apologetic. I, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> when I got there day one, I'm like, oh my God, Leia would love this. Everything <laughs> happening right now is so up, except for the food situation. And that's kind of a military thing. I just right? would have brought my own charcuterie. That's fine. Well, no, I think it was more the, the access to like vegetables and stuff like that well, is a little bit, a little bit harder. Uh, there you were. You can't just bring your own provisions though. You stayed in a cottage. There's a fridge. Everybody I saw bringing their own provisions was uh, cases of beer. Okay. That's what they were bringing. What if I just bought cases of real food? <laughs> I mean, you could devote your weight that your your weight limit to that that you have in sure. in, in you Could know, you go luggage. swimming? Can you go swimming on the Well, I mean, it's the Pacific Ocean in June. It's cold. Oh. It's not the beach, right? Because the sun hasn't really kicked in yet. It's the island, right. so it's super cold. We still have the marine layer from the cold ocean. Oh yeah, the ocean is still really really cold. Yeah. Super cold. I think you, well, I saw guys get into boats. I mean, that's kind of what they do in the Navy, little Avons and run around. But uh, I bet you really got to like boats if you're in the Navy. That's <laughs> just... <laughs> I mean, that or, or planes, right? Because, you know. Well, yeah. then Air Force, right? No, the Navy. I saw the funniest TikTok. Aircraft carriers are Navy airmen. It's not the Air Force that are flying planes uh, gotcha. on the ships. You know what's hilarious is. I saw a video of a wife of mm -hmm. somebody who is in the Air Force, and she was going through uh, this. Oh, this is uh, my my husband's most powerful weapon, right? And each branch of the military. And she gets to her husband's. She's like, this is my husband's, and it's a pen. <laughs> yeah. The most powerful weapon. She didn't say deadly. That's... <laughs> mm. That is true. Good point. 
All right. What's I'll happening? never forgive you. <laughs> yeah, man. That's hard to beat. It was like going on a mini de-expedition, really. That's what it felt like. I mean, I've never been on a de-expedition, but yeah. it felt very much like that. Big talk. Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. We can go to Catalina. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. Well, yeah, you yeah. see the looming tower in the middle, and off to the, the left and right are little outbuildings. And the one farthest on the left is the physical mail depot. So this is a fun little story. We didn't have anything in the P.O. box, but thank you guys. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. So I went to work uh, yesterday, and I got uh, a lady who was kind of, is kind of a mentor to me. She retired uh, but came back as a contractor. She mm. handed me this little bag. You want to – you can take a look. It's a westernish looking bag. Looks like – Old-timey newsprint. Yes. Oh. What is – this is a QSL card? It's a QSL card. What's the date on it? From 1934? 1934. So it turns out that she was uh, she was on vacation, and there was a gentleman that had a whole stack of those cards, different kinds of cards. And it was the son of the ham. Oh. And he was kind of selling them as little, you know, keepsakes or decorative things. Now, what makes this card really interesting, and I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, that is fascinating. And I, I kind of want to explain what's going on here. And, and I'll take a picture of it, and I'll put it in the in the Discord chat under hashtag HRCC-podcast. So this is a QSL card that was sent from W5DKA to station W6IQY. Okay. Now, normally... There's little fields that you fill out when you make a contact with somebody, right? Okay. Like the sent signal report, the received sure. signal report, the antenna you're using. And again, this is 1934. Things haven't changed that much since then. But this card isn't a confirmation of a contact. What is it? It is the request to make a future contact. What? It's 1934. There's no internet. Right. They can't coordinate a QSO. So they coordinated a QSO over this little postcard. So the, people have always been coordinating contacts then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Particularly in this case, because they wanted to make a contact on 160 meters, which is a fairly difficult band. And so the um, back in the day, they, they, they added more stuff to the card than we do now. Like they had Q codes on here. So... QRI, QRM, QRN, QSB is all listed with little uh, fields that you can uh, add in, you know, details or whatever. So this individual has crossed all those Q codes out and he's wrote, say OM, let's make it early in the AM, referring to the contact. Okay. And so then it has a, a comment field that says... Let's try it 4.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. And, oh boy, there, it is in cursive and the, the penmanship has faded a little bit. Whipping the old rig into shape for the big try. What is the big try? In the contact. Making the contact. Oh, I see. Right? Um, 
sure hope to get you om and this is from clovis bailey is the name of the uh the, the amateur radio operator so i almost find that more interesting than just a completed contact yeah the fact that it shows like how they used to coordinate contacts and sure they could have used the phone but um depending on where they were at in this cat in this case W6IQY is in Flagstaff, Arizona at the time. And what's most interesting here, look at... So this is a postcard, Leia. Yeah. It has a postmark. Mm -hmm. It has a stamp. What does that say? Amateur phone station. Uh-huh. There's no address. There's no address. So the postman knew that when they said amateur station w6iqy in flagstaff arizona they knew it went to this gentleman and he got it that's wild isn't that cool it's super cool i love that i feel like some of my mail doesn't even get to the people that i have addresses for so my this this lady very nice lady who's a like i said a mentor of mine uh she gave me this just because she thought it looked cool and she's like yeah he had a ton of them but this one i thought was kind of neat because there was writing on it and i'm like carrie this is not what you think it is. And she's like, well, because she knew what it meant. It was like, it was like a uh, before the internet, quote unquote. This is how hams used to record contacts with people. And I'm like, yes, but that's not what this is. This is like a, a request for a contact. This is like, will you contact with me in the future contact? And Carrie's eyes are just glazing over. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is? Well, I'm trying to jazz it up a little bit. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like this, the radio that they were using and the antenna that they were on, 160 meters is kind of difficult. It's also a really, really long antenna. And so she, she kind of got into it because I think she's interested in getting her ham radio license too. Uh, she read the book 60 seconds after, six seconds after, whatever that prepper book is. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? 30 seconds after, I don't remember, but um, ham radio is featured in that prominently. Yeah. So I guess she read it and she was like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting my license. Do you know anyone? Oh, yeah. Do you know anybody? Can you, can, <laughs> I heard about this guy, Adam, down in San Diego. <laughs> Could you introduce me? Could he teach me the ways of, of the real <laughs> ham radio? Oh, well, that's it from the, uh, the, the physical email depot. So on the right here, we got another small building. It is the voicemail annex. And, and Leia, we take voicemails on this show. How would one send us a voicemail? You can call 562-334-2389. Wonderful. So do we have any? We do. Okay. And away we go. I hope. Oh. What's up, Hamily? This is KE8FHB, Andrew. Yeah, hey, Andrew. Andrew. Calling into the pod. Well, I've <laughs> called before, but, you know, I'm very energized right now. Um, just in the old smart car, driving back to the QTH. Much better than the dumb and car. And so figured I'd, on my way home, give a little uh, after-action field day report. All right. Um, just leaving field day. Uh, it is Saturday, but I have no plans for Sunday because uh, that is my anniversary. And Happy my anniversary. And would kill me if I spent our anniversary <laughs> uh, doing radio stuff. So, um, so, yeah, this is the end of the field day for me. Um, I've got 55 minutes until my anniversary, but I'm very excited about that. for second Good. anniversary. But anyway. Congratulations. Um, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, ham radio. Um, yeah, so leaving field day right now. I went to two different field days today um, after work. I got out of work at the old post office around 4 o'clock and swung over to the Fort Wayne Radio Club. Um, they had field day set up in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and did pretty good. Walked around there. Um 
talked to quite a few people, met, met some new hams in the area. Uh, good group of guys over there, and uh, uh, talked about uh, talked about electric cars and our mutual me and another ham I just met our mutual hatred of evil musk. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, good. but I also got to tour around the radio or the operations. They had uh, quite a few different stations there. I need to hurry up so I don't sign out the voicemail. Um, I am just very flustered right now. But um, anyway, um, so I did that. That was pretty cool. And then I headed down over to um, where I live now, my new QTH in Columbia City, Indiana, and caught up with the uh, Whitley County Amateur Radio. Wow. That's quite a day. And they were set up at the fairgrounds there for field day. And I just missed my light. But um, I need to drive safe. But, um, oh, no. <laughs> they were set up there and toured around. I uh, taught a couple of OMs uh, how, to, how to do FDA, and they actually enjoyed it. They weren't, like, talking shit crap about it. So that was pretty nice. cool. Uh, that is FDA, cool. And I, I was like, hey, you like, you like watching paint dry? You'll love FDA. Just kidding. <laughs> I enjoy doing FDA. But, um, but yeah, I... Uh, had an FDA and they seemed to enjoy themselves and um yeah and then I went around and uh walked around enjoyed enjoyed the food had two field day meals and um and then I operated I operated for about an hour uh 80 meter phone and got about 17 contacts and uh called it a night because I want to go home to my husband and celebrate my anniversary but um anyway uh thanks for all you do in the podcast and I hope everyone else had field day had a good experience of field day and I cannot wait uh, Friday to be at work listening to everyone's field day experience. Hope right I didn't on. cut out the repeater. Hope I got on my voicemail in. 73. You did it. Way to go, Andrew. Good. Right under the wire. Well, congratulations on your anniversary and good job getting out there for uh, some field day fun. Thank you for that field day report, Andrew. Much appreciated. All right. On to the next voicemail. So I was talking to my boss the other day. He said, <laughs> Why do you only get sick on work days? I said, it must be my weekend immune system. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I got another one. Tomorrow, my dad and I are going to go get glasses. And what are we going to do after that? Well, we'll see. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. One more, one more. I had a beer last night. And on the side of the can, it said, best drunk in June 2023. I want to thank the beer company for that prestigious <laughs> award. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I will be here all week. That's bad. Bye. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Alabama Andrew. So. Yeah. <laughs> from one Andrew to another Andrew, I've got a, I've got a few from Alabama Andrew, so I'm gonna uh, play those in succession. Hey, Josh and Leia and HRCC podcast. It's Alabama Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Going through the podcast. And uh, y'all were talking about the uh, preps being stolen and all that. And it just got me thinking, I got, got to tell you that, you know, you can do so much to try and keep people from getting in your car. But if someone really wants to get in your car, yeah. they're going to get into it. And uh, case in point, like on the regular where I work at in the, the Birmingham Fire and Rescue Service Department, we get our cars broken into on the regular what? so much to the point that we got tired of the bus down what? our windows and we just leave our cars on lock. And That's what they do like in SF too. Bring our stuff, all the important stuff inside because we got so much stuff in the way. Like we have fences, we got cameras up. They just do not care. They do not they'll, care. They'll come in, like you were talking about, Josh, do the quick smash and grab and grab whatever they can get. And um, it got to the point that, you know, almost like our insurance companies were kind of like, hey, you know, y'all got to start doing something because we're paying for y'all's broken windows so much that, you know, we're going to, we're going to stop. 
So Wait, I, I have to much. say something about this. How can insurance companies get away with this? It's like we pay you for bad situations. And then they're like, you know what? This bad situation happens too much. So your bad situations not... are cutting into our profits. Well, you know how many insurance companies are just straight up leaving California? Uh, probably a ton. Major carriers just were not insuring California anymore. The one of the biggest economies, right? They're like, you know what? Keep your money. We're just gonna see you later. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Two cents worth in on that. It it gets ridiculous sometimes, and it's crazy with people having to steal stuff out. So uh, that's all I got. Uh, maybe you'll hear from me again. Maybe you won't. Still going through the podcast. Uh, Currently are setting up camp on the side of the road because I'm driving around. But uh, yeah, have a good rest of your day. 73. Well, Andrew, thank you, uh, thank you Andrew. for that tip. I do know that in areas like San Francisco, where if you park your car, it's just inevitable. Like if if people see a line of cars oh. down a the street, they're like, "Great, more things to look through." <laughs> this horrible. Uh, uh, there's more. Hang on. Hello, Josh and Leah at HRCC Podcast, Alabama. Andrew here, giving y'all a field day report. Yay, field been. day report. I know right. I posted a, a photo of me setting up my little station at work, but oh, radio's on. Uh, but I, I never got a chance to use it. It was it was crazy. Like at work, I get oh, start getting things right. set up, get my antenna up on my little my little mask that I bought. Boom, got a call. Be out for a little bit. Come back start hooking up the antenna to the radio boom get a call then it was it just kept going like that get a little bit of the shack set up boom Uh get a call after that get a little bit set up boom get a call and all that and all stuff like that and man man oh man i tried to get on there search for some search to make contacts and then it just got to the point that we just kept getting hammered and hammered and hammered and then i made the mistake of leaving uh my stuff out on the back patio and come back to the station, come up, and then there's like a homeless guy just kind of standing up there, just sitting in a chair, just staring at it, asking questions like, hey, man, what you got going on with this and all that? Was he paranoid, though? Because I literally couldn't, I cannot imagine if we were still living at our place near Seal Beach. Oh, yeah. And you decided to set up ham radio. Yeah. That would not have been a good scene for anyone. No. So I sat there and explained to him. He's like, oh, okay. Got up and walked off. Like, no joke. I know that sounds crazy, but that did actually happen. Like, crazy, crazy. At least so he didn't I, take like, anything, left, right? I like, I better no, just right. take this stuff down before it comes missing. Yeah, seriously. So that was day one. That was Saturday. Uh, Sunday came along, and it just stormed in the state of Alabama all the time. Oh, so man. Couldn't get anything up. Tried my best. To but on the bright side, less fires, right? Happen. But that's mm-hmm. not going to discourage me. Come next year, I'll be prepared. I will be prepared to make them contacts. And that's about all I got. Uh, I'll say this again, like I said in the last one, you may hear from me again, you may not. Who knows? 73. Nice, Andrew. And you know the nice thing about uh, rains after a very busy fire period? (laughs) It's as though somebody, the powers that be, Mm -hmm. decided to be like, you know what, firefighters, you've worked too hard. Rain doesn't always but, put out the wildfires, though. It helps. It does help. Yeah. I saw Andrew's picture. Good job. At least trying. I saw your little station you set up there, and it was a, it's a bummer that you couldn't make any contacts, though. Sorry about that. I've got one more from Alabama, Andrew. Okay. 
Uh, Alabama Andrew, once again. Uh, Josh hey Leia. again. Um, I meant to make a comment about this before my last voicemail, but um, Josh, I forget sometimes of the dark humor that we develop as uh, medical professionals, especially in the fire service. So I'm glad uh, you said something in the last podcast about the whole stapler deal. Like, I was throwing a swing and a joke and all that. Now, it is a great tool to have, but you're right. It does not fix everything. Uh, not even a suture kit can solve a lot of stuff. Right. And uh, I appreciate you, you taking the initiative to uh, rectify that. And uh, it's just it's just one of those things that it, it's great tools to have, but, you know, it's not a master of everything, I guess, is the way to put it. It, it will help out. It will work in a pinch. It might slow the bleeding down, but sometimes it can't stop it. Yeah. Um, that's just from experience in us using, uh, we had medical staplers in our, uh, medical bags at one time and we would use them and, you know, that would, that would slow the problem down, but cause other problems Mm -hmm. down the road too. So, uh, I appreciate you doing that. I'm going to quit rambling. Uh, this, I promise this is the last time y'all are going to hear from me until next podcast and 73. Hope you have a wonderful day. I know you meant that. Nate. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I got to figure it out because I am now wanting to get in a competition with you on who <laughs> can get the last voicemailer email. I don't know how you do it. You're like magic, man. You are magic. Um, right. I agree. Nathan yeah. is magic. He is true. Thank he, you, Alabama he, he Andrew. The secret. I, I knew you were making a joke, but I, I figured that there's a lot of people out there that like, oh, you know, somebody in the uh, first responders is saying, go get a stapler, and they're going to go buy a stapler, and they're just going to start stapling people's skin clothes. And it's like, staple eh. all the things. It's not, yeah. I noticed you have a blister. Let's staple it close. Staple that sucker. <laughs> I noticed your hand isn't permanently affixed to your leg. Let's staple it back Sta- on. Staple it together. <laughs> hey, Josh and Leah. It's Mike Kilo Echo. Hey, Kilo, Mike. Victor, India, Mike, the traveling ham. Uh, calling in with my field day after action report. Oh, nice. Uh, if you'll remember, a couple weeks ago, I called in and asked uh, about having uh, two radios running simultaneously on two different antennas with reverse polarity at five watts with no bandpass filters. Uh, and I am happy to report that mm-hmm. that did work. Nice. You didn't even have I to had, make one. Uh, Wolf River coils set up about a hundred feet away from the uh, from my operating location. And then the uh, inset half wave uh, was set up uh, where the transformer box was right next to where I was working. So they're about 100 feet apart, uh, and running 5 watts uh, gave me no issue. I could hear nice. the FT8 transmission at times uh, through my other radio, but it would be the difference of uh, an S1 to an S1.5. Uh, there were a few exceptions there where uh, there was one frequency – I think I was. I figured out I was right at the uh, at the uh, second or third harmonic of the 40 meter FT8 frequency, and it did jump up to about an S5. But as soon as I tuned, you know, 500 hertz off that frequency, it was fine. So uh, all that worked really well, and I wouldn't hesitate uh, to do that again. So I ended up with uh, 199 digital contacts. Wow! And only got about. 
30 working QRP on voice and CW. Good for Working you. voice was kind of like slamming your head up against yeah, the wall. it's really tough. On a day as busy as field day, trying to break pile-ups, uh, busy pile-ups with five watts. Mm, and there were tough. other times where people were calling CQ field day over and over and over again. And I'm yelling out my call sign in between and getting nothing. So yeah. that was uh, kind of frustrating. And, you know, getting one voice con- contact for every nine digital contacts was uh, seemed pretty slow. I was hoping for a little better for that. But with those contacts, uh, with the 10-time the multiplier for being digital CW modes and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in, in the QRP, uh, all the digital and CW were 10 times, and then the voice contacts were a five-time multiplier. With that and the bonuses, that got me up almost to 2,600 points. I think it was 2,595. So overall, it was pretty successful. And my big question that I've got coming out of field day is why is Morse code so fast all the time (laughs) on on, uh, content? It's just everyone's running 30 words a minute, and it's just so hard to work. I always expect I'm going to find someone in there running at a normal human speed, but uh, it just doesn't happen. Well, they want but that that's my field day report. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I also wanted to add in a uh, nickname for people from certain states. All right. Uh, yes. Oh, hold on. <gasps> hold on. We dropped the repeater. Hey, it's Mike again. Okay, I timed okay. out the repeater. But, yeah, we were traveling through uh, the Northeast last year, and we were staying with a nice couple that uh, opened up their properties to RV travelers in northern New Hampshire. I we're staying nice. up there getting ready to travel into Maine and talking about uh, – driving in Maine and the lady who uh, owned the property there her advice was to watch out when you're driving in Maine watch out for the maniac uh, so I thought I'd throw that one good. into the mix nice. that one, that one makes sense Have a great week. Yeah. 7-3. all right thanks so much Mike yeah a, a, for the field day report and for the names for people yes. from certain states a quick note like on both. the CW rate so Q rate Leah yeah when you when you use an application to log the application yeah. will tell you what your per hour Q rate is. Oh. And so there's people that can run like 100 Qs an hour. What? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like if you're on a really good station, right, if you've got really good antennas set up, like people aim for some really high Q rates, right? So CW, they crank up the speed. A lot of them also use software to help them decode uh, uh, or see. send. Gotcha. Less decode, more send. Um, but uh, how so? How do you mean they help? They use software like like on the seventy three hundred mm-hmm. where it'll automatically send. The- yeah, so they could like have because the the um, the contacts are all pretty pre canned. Yeah, right. You're always going to send your call sign. You're always going to send what your call the call sign of the club or whatever you're working your your classification you're running and then the AWRL uh, section that you're in. That's always the same, right? Contacts are canned. So the only thing you have to do is decode the call sign, really, and decode their um, their classification and their section. And you usually do that by ear. But for sending, you just you can use software to send. And that's what a lot of people do is they use software. Gotcha. All right. Well, great field day report, Mike. Thank you. Hey, Josh and Leah. This is Robert down in Fort Lauderdale, KB8UFP. You will bravo away hey, uniform, Fox hey. Rock Papa, your volunteers. Southernmost correspondent. I don't <laughs> think any Miamians or Key Westers have surfaced, at least not that I can tell on the, on the Discord. I'm RJFTL754 there. And anyway, until someone from 
uh, Hawaii, maybe Brownsville, McAllen, South Padre Island, Texas, or Miami or Key West pops up. Oh. I'm just going to do what I do, and I'm going to take it. There yeah, you I'm go. claiming your sub most correspondent. My QTH it's lies all yours. at 26.14 degrees north. If you're further south in the continental U.S., bring it. Any of all the <laughs> Michigander talk got me riled up enough to check into the voicemail in that year. Uh, despite living down in South Florida for 25 years, I was, in fact, born in Detroit. I grew up in the suburbs in a place called Ypsilanti, famous for starting Ypsilanti. with a Y and being hard to spell and pronounce. Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I. It's also where that guy who envisioned the automobile called the Tucker lived uh, just after World War II. And where in the 60s, a guy named Tom started a pizza business now known as Domino's. Oh. Uh, anyway, I was raised on Coney's. My mom would send Bobby to the party store to go get some Fago Red Pop. <laughs> Fago uh, Red Pop. Birdland, there's yep. one of the many Skyline Chilies. Uh, it recently closed. I ate it several times, so I'm not impressed. Um, <laughs> Whoa. It's, it's not terribly exciting. Skyline I'm also Shade. I'm in Cincinnati. It's one of the many times I've been through the land that Michiganders poop on. Uh, that's Ohio. <laughs> it's because they're under us flatlander trolls. Oh uh, being, in fact, a hand radio, I'm a proponent Sorry. of uh, ladder line and the ZS6 BKW or the G5RB style antenna. Uh, it's one that I place in high esteem. It may as well be called the Optimum Center Fed Random Wire. Uh, with the inbuilt tuna on my uh, FT1000 Mark V, I can operate on all bands except uh, 160 and 80 and, and 30 uh, with one coax run. My copy will technically tune on 80, but I've never actually made a QSO with it. My installation is 30 feet up into a coconut tree, so it's what they call coconut envis. Or... Oh, what just happened? He timed out the repeater? Uh-oh. I, don't, I don't think so. Hold on. Envis or simply cloud burner. I'll leave you with this ladder line versus coax. Discuss. Have a great time. Go ahead, Leah. Tell me your deep thoughts about ladder line. You know, I like the way ladder line looks. I do too. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a nice look for a wire. I mean, it, you know? I think it suits a certain type of aesthetic. Like if you had a super modern home and you had ladder line, it might look a little like. Yeah. It might look like you had like not the latest technology. Hmm. It would work for like a cottage or like a beach home. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like an Adobe, it worked really well. With wow! Adobe. Yeah, anything made with clay. Oh yeah, anything yeah, clay, solid. earthen would yes. look really good. Anything made from natural materials, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of natural materials. Mm-hmm. It, um, I can't see it in anything with like siding. Sure, it doesn't gonna. It's not gonna work. Um, and and earth tones in general for the color scheme, I think. Yeah. Is really <laughs> <important>. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, ladder line is less lossy. It's it, it very low loss uh, yeah, feed just, line. Just better. That is around. an advantage. <laughs> the reason why, and and I don't know if you know this layout. The reason why we have the coax that we use today is because the military kind of adopted it. Coax is easier to run into buildings and use it. It's just generally better to interface into into things that humans live in. Right. Mm-hmm. Ladder line is really good feed line though. And so I do always recommend a ham some part in their ham journey. Build yourself a proper doublet, a doublet antenna, not a G5RV. I'm not saying I'm not throwing any shade, but I specifically want you to look at building a doublet antenna. Try it out. It's it's oftentimes going to be the antenna that you're like really opens your eyes to what antennas can do for a lot of people. Um Generally, people will use an externally, an external tuner, mm-hmm. so they'll mount it like under the eaves of the house, 
So that's almost in its in its own way, just right. like a stealthy wire kind of sure. configuration. Because the ladder line comes out from under the eaves and then goes up to the feed point, and then it's two legs going off on each side. Gotcha. So it's kind of like a dipole, but then the ladder line's hanging off of it. Okay. Really good stuff. So. All right. Robert, I also want to commend you on your fantastic breath control. Oh, yeah. He was speaking. Yeah, he was nailing all of it. With, and I didn't uh, even the, know. Uh, he... The amount of content you packed into two minutes mm-hmm. is fantastic. It was pretty Thank impressive. You. Yeah, I I like it. Also, the number of insults that you just jammed just in there. Just slid right in just there. Yeah. The, the talented, talented. Very talented. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Leah. Hello, Josh. It's Ronnie. K-E-A-L-J-L. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, just giving you giving you a call here, and uh, you know, got a uh, post field day report from the Morgantown, West Virginia area. Yay! So it was, um, you know, my club, which is the uh, Montague Wireless Association, Montague, the uh, Montague County Amateur Radio oh, Club, and the West Virginia University Amateur Radio Club. Um, all set up at uh, Boy Scout Camp Mountaineer uh, nice. this past weekend. Uh, we were going under the WVU's uh, call sign, uh, Whiskey Eight Charlie Uniform Lima, for the uh, for the event, and uh, we we were a five alpha, and um, we got oh, somewhere around seven eight hundred contacts or so. I was doing what? twenty meters. Good for you. Uh, wow. Twenty meters phone and. Buddy of mine that was hanging out with me in the camper. Uh, so that was a nice little setup we had going on. Uh, you know, Bill, uh, Bill Stewart, uh, W two BSA, and uh, I did have my son with me. Nice. He didn't get on the air any, but he did uh, help a little bit with equipment and stuff. He <laughs> just good. wasn't feeling it this weekend. And, you know, we're still trying to get him to finish the radio merit badge and to get his technician license. Highly recommend. One of these days. He's just not very motivated at the moment. I can relate. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. We had a uh, good time, good food, good friends, and uh, hope your field day went just as well. Uh, 73s from KE8LJL. How was There's your w- uh, field day, Leah? How was your field day? So, Ronnie, I'm so glad you brought this up because the first time anybody talked to me about field day, they made it sound like a food bonanza. It is, and that club. was intriguing. Yes. Nobody but Ronnie has mentioned food at all. No. In this field report. No, um, I can't can't remember his name now. But the the guy who gave us the report coming off driving back to his anniversary, he said he had two field day meals. Sure. He didn't go into detail, sure. but he ate. Yeah. So I very much apologize for not remembering your name, but. No, yeah, that was um, he mentioned You're talking about Andrew. There was the two different Andrews. Andrew. Yes, yes, the different Andrew. Sorry, um, yes. He didn't say they were good food. He said he had two field day meals. He did not express details. Again, everybody listening, that's uh, we, we probably should have prefaced that. Josh is interested in the radio. Leah wants to hear about that food. Yes, that field day food. <laughs> Tell me what your clubs cooked. Okay, right. <laughs> I have another one from Ronnie. Okay. Hey, Josh. It's Ronnie, K-E-8-L-J-L. Hey, again, Ronnie. I just hung up uh, leaving a message and uh, thought, you know, I probably could have said what equipment I was using in field day. That's true, because he said it was a nice setup. So, (laughs) 
they, uh, everyone else was running off the eight, um, WVU Emmett Radio Club uh, generator, which is one of those light stands that had a big generator in it. But I didn't have a long enough extension cord, but I brought my own generator. So I had a little uh, 2,000 watt inverted Fierasite uh, deal from Amazon. And uh, the radio was an ICOM. It's a little hard uh, to hear. 746 Pro. And we had two antennas hooked up, uh, just a, a cheap, uh, you know, dipole uh, hung between two trees uh, that, uh, you know, cut for 20 meters. And Bill brought his, uh, I think it was an alpha uh, antenna vertical that was set up on a tripod. So we had a, a vertically oriented and a horizontally oriented uh, antenna. Nice. So we switched back and forth, which on the you know 746 Pro, you just get a button to go between the two antennas. And uh, it's got an internal transmitter, and whichever antenna was picking up the best is the one we used. So that worked out great. We're going to do something like that again next year. I think maybe by then I'll have the inverter hooked up in the camper, and we'll try to run completely off go. solar power in the camper. Ooh. But, you know, don't hold your breath. Um, a little leery about going to wiring in that thing while it's still under warranty. But, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for now. This is uh, KE8. LJL73. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Ronnie. Yeah, that was great. For calling back in with the additional details. We appreciate that. Details to hams. It's like ambrosia. Yes. (laughs) (coughs) But it's too late, player. Now it's It's too late. late. Because you didn't even try to make it. Oh, oh wow. I can't hide. I just can't fake it. Oh, no, no, no. Too late. Hello. Thanks, this is Nathan. Hello, Mike Alpazulu. Um, and now, Leah. I like it when uh, Nathan's coming after you. Minutes, yes. You have, I don't know. Let's say mere hours. Um, but don't worry about it. This is your um, advanced warning for next. Um, the timer's rolled over. Cool. A question change in four years. Yeah, thank so, you. I'm gonna uh, need that in days. This time. I'm um, sorry, Nathan. I'm sorry. I get it. And to everybody else who was let down, um, I'm very sorry. Please. Do what the most important things are for your life. This other stuff, it, it's all joking. It's all fun and games until you can't contact Josh legally. Um, so, <laughs> in a in a grid down scenario. So, this is a ham radio yeah. roast. You just I, get a ham radio shame. Um, you can do it because it's an emergency. But um, remember what Josh always says: to know how to use the stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta practice. Mm-hmm. The best way to practice is by getting licensed and using it. So it's a, it's a, a snap, easy, quick thing. <laughs> but um, I'm so like sorry. I said, this is Kilo One My Alpha Zulu saying, take your time. Yeah, <laughs> he's Nothing's so disappointed. <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Okay. Seventy-three. Bye. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I mean, there were so, there were so many things that came up. There's so many things. My cheeks are hurting from smiling. I voicemail. <laughs> Message received, Nathan. Four years, Leia, you're good. <laughs> oh man, I wouldn't it be hilarious if I just got it next week. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, like for it. all of those uh, those months, maybe even years of encouragement. <laughs> that we can look forward to. Yeah. No, right. I mean that he's already done. <laughs> well, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that means... Nathan, no. Nathan didn't even try to be last because there's more oh, points he just, He's just he done. Gave he's up. Like, he gave up on all of it. Yeah. He's like, I'm not even trying to be last now. If you're not trying, I'm not trying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hello, HRCC podcast, Josh and Leah. It is me, Alabama Andrew. Hey, Once again. Once again, um, just calling Uh-oh. in to say uh, I understand the whole appeal of FT8. FT8, not FT8. That's a totally different thing. Uh, FT8 <laughs> and the low power mode. I just, I just used uh, that video instruction that uh, Nathan posted in the Discord from uh, D2 or DL2 MAN for mm-hmm. the True FDX. And I got to say, it's been a lot of fun so far. And uh, I also like to apologize. I think I called Nathan Nate in my last voicemail. I, I think voicemail. that's okay. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, that I just okay? see your uh, post on Discord okay? that says Star Trek Nate. So I just assumed I apologize. But. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks for posting Nathan, that, Nathan, tell us. and getting us onto it. I'm having fun doing digital modes out of this true SDX. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. I think this is the final one for this podcast, uh, hopefully. 73. So have a good day. Bye. Thank you, Alabama Andrew. Yeah, I, I always I always like to remind people, if you are a, I like to go to the shack and just envelop myself in radio, and all I'm going to do is talk on that radio or, or be fully engaged... And FTA is probably not like the thing that you're really going to gravitate to. And that's fine. FTA is a great thing that you do while you're kind of like doing other things. So when I'm doing the live stream, I'm going to do FTA. When I'm doing like projects in the garage, I do FTA, you know, back and sure. forth, you know, to the radio and whatnot. Um, when I'm cleaning up the shack, doing FTA, you know, just. It's like it, those Pokeball like auto catchers it's the it's the <laughs> thing you do when you're doing things and you have the adds <laughs> all right it keeps you going right i don't know i don't have I'm, I'm not saying i have add it's just yeah that was the joke that was it you shouldn't joke about that <laughs> well wait till people email in and they're like i have add and that is exactly what i ADHD. do adhd ad yeah sorry adhd yeah. i know how to add Howdy, Hamburgs. This is Ko4. Hamburgs. Long time no Hamburgs. Uh, hey. I am in the middle of checking off an ambulance right now, but I decided it was a good time to listen to the podcast, which, in fact, I listened to twice now to hear the safe, the secret <laughs> word I seem to keep missing for this, this giveaway. Is this Jake? So maybe it's not cut out to be. Anyways, I would like to congratulate Nate on his promotion to uh, – was it head honcho? Head, yeah, head, head producer. producer. 
head volunteer producer. producer. I don't know, lieutenant producer. Chief? I don't know, he's chief? the big chief now. Him so. volunteer chief. Volunteer chief producer. Well deserved. Or chief volunteer producer. Oh, this is uh, very confusing. Josh and Leia. What's up? Hi. <laughs> hey. What's up? <laughs> uh, sorry, I really? I still don't listen to podcasts just kind of slacking on emailing in and voicemailing in, so I'll try to be better at that. It's it's okay. That, it, it should be a joy, not an obligation. Right. Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think. All right. I'll email him tonight, and we'll you'll see me later. Catch you later. KF4JZ73. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so much. Your commitment to sending voicemails is better than Leia passing the general. Oh, my God. I'm never going to live it down. <laughs> I was I was dreading making tonight's oh, yeah. podcast. Oh, no yeah. way. I I knew. And like what makes me feel extra bad mm-hmm. is that I I got a message literally yesterday from mm-hmm. Mike mm-hmm. saying I'm still willing to test down to the wire. And I'm like, I appreciate your willingness more than you understand. Because originally the statement was that HRCCVs were not gonna schedule anything past the 27th right because that's you know three days Mm -hmm. right like that's the last day to be like i want to test so they can get it on the books Mm -hmm. and they were going to be willing to drop anything (laughs) to let me test oh you guys are so nice yeah really just the best the best of the best and i am the worst (laughs) like just i'm so sorry I just could not make it happen. So you're not doing an all night session and then Tim take it tomorrow. Whiskey eight, Tango Mike India, <laughs> call it back. Sorry about causing a hot dog war. Oh, I also need to note that I was severely like, I when I woke up this morning, oh, yeah. I couldn't move my neck. Y- yes, I went to a body pump class, and anybody who's familiar with body pump, this is a uh, like a weightlifting cardio class, right? Mm-hmm. And I was sore almost immediately after, which is very rare. I like I probably within an hour or so, if it was like a really tough workout, I can start feeling the soreness. Mm-hmm. I was and usually that's just like quads, like lower body stuff that mm-hmm. starts getting sore. Yeah, you tweak something. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. And this morning I couldn't even go to the gym. You got because I couldn't. I, I couldn't I couldn't move my neck and so I had to text my my gym buddy and I was like oh, I can't move my neck I don't think I can try lifting anything <laughs> like this is not this is not gonna work right and uh and so I was like oh I'm gonna take some ibuprofen blah 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 but I couldn't do you know how important your neck is to getting up <laughs> like <laughs> uh actually no I don't think I do it actually is for for you to get up i mean i don't get up on my face but you know we all do things differently i guess when you are getting up Uh there is actually engagement of this area yeah and that hurt yeah and you were still sleeping because i i think i tried to get up at like five something because i was still planning on going to the gym right i was like oh i can't really get up (laughs) okay and then i was like josh I need you to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> like massage it, Theragun, I don't know. East him. Oh, we, we we tried to massage it and then I just had to go to the Theragun. The Theragun actually helped though. Yeah, it did. I I mean, I don't know if it's whatever meds I took. <laughs> but 
I, I'm not in pain now. <laughs> okay. All right. But I also ended up with like a cramp in my foot, I think, because my sneakers are older, that it has poor arch support. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you had like popped my thumb. Oh, my gosh. Like earlier this week. And th throughout the week, I've I had like sharp pains when mm -hmm. I'm doing random things. Right. 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 And, and, and then when I went to body pump, I felt that the pain again. And so literally my hand hurts, my neck hurts, and my foot hurts. Right. <laughs> I'm just falling apart. Cracking one joint on your thumb. That was the, that was it. That was what was holding back all the, uh, that one joint was holding back all the pain. So it definitely sorry. wasn't from the, probably weird gripping and throwing around a weight bar that you did that hurt you, right? Well, but it hurt before I went to body pump. Yeah, but you've been doing work and you've been working out like every day. You think I I hold weights like a dummy? Or like... Well, they're dumbbells. <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm. the, even if I were to try to cram, either I am in pain or i am on some kind of like pain suppressant that i can't even focus enough to <laughs> to study anything okay all right you know okay so i'm just saying oh i think actually the food that was should have been uh picked up was the pasty which is very popular in michigan's upper peninsula Ooh, yes the pasty. Uh, the the pasty. Burger, which is a local favorite here in mid-michigan what is an olive burger? i actually recently attended the uh, first annual olive burger festival what? last saturday what is an olive uh, quite burger an thing about two thousand people come around to try samples of various olive burgers prepared for other people that, I'll try that to post sounds a link, d delightful uh, in the discord for exactly what know. makes an olive burger and a little bit of its history What's well in an olive from the burger? Festival. Oh, it's a beef patty um, topped with chopped up olives. That sounds uh, great. In. It's a heck of a radio. Got a whole lot to it. I was busy building the Hard Rock 50 amplifier. Unfortunately, the 705 adapter had some issues, so that'll hopefully be replaced sometime next week when they come back from vacation. Um, one last thing. Uh, I heard you guys talk about Michigan's Upper Peninsula and about how sparsely populated it is. Um, it is actually only 3% of the population of all of Michigan. Wow. So 97% of so the population cold. is in the lower peninsula, which upper peninsula is pretty big. Top of the about, uh, to you. about a third or so the size the of the lower peninsula. So it is pretty sparsely populated. Um, it is. Anyway, thank you for all you do. Uh, this is Whiskey 8, Tangle Mike India. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tim. Much appreciated. This is these uh, these updates on regional food. This is. I think I could an make an olive, olive burger. burger. Yeah, I don't know. That's not. Don't not yuck jam. other people's jam. I'm great. saying it's not my jam. I didn't say it's yucky. I said it's not my jam. Well, you have bad taste. Hey, Josh <laughs> Lan. This is Maybe. Tom from San Jose. Hey, Tom. Giving my field day report. Hey. I took my spouse to her first radio event. Nice. Um, oh. Rolled up, saw a hex beam, a construct with a 50 foot mast. And a few people LARPing, in which I correctly told her that was a different set of <laughs> at the same park. Can you imagine? She had a good conversation. So we have to dress voice. up to uh, one of the Aries coordinators at the park and learned a little bit how they got involved and what interests them and uh, saw a lot of commonalities. So I think that might be some a good avenue for her in the future. So we'll hope for the best. Aw, couples that ham together. 73. I love those. Thanks Andy so much, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Nice. All right. Time for the, f what's that? 
What are you saying? I just said I love that there were people LARPing by the field day. She must have been so confused. So confused. She was like, I thought that we were doing, you have to dress up for him, right? They can't even see you. Is the dwarf extra points if you have contact with him? Only if he reaches Mordor. Dwarfs never went to Mordor. What? The hobbits went to Mordor. Wasn't there a king dwarf? That's Moria. The mines of Moria. Well, you don't have to go to Mordor to make contact with Mordor. It's over-the-air communication. What are you okay? talking about, Gosh. lady? What are you even on? Hello, this is Kilo on Mike Alzulu. Hey, oh. Nathan. A brief message as the voicemail asked. I just wanted to give an update. <laughs> and I never... The email that you will receive um, towards the end of the podcast doesn't include it. But I just wanted to mention my quick field day. Uh, thing. It was quite rainy, so I didn't go anywhere else. Um, so my field day consisted of uh, I set up WSJTX nice. um, and linked it with uh, N3FJP. So All that's right. a lot of acronyms. Yeah. Um, and I started out with FTA. It was there was some issues. I, I wasn't sure if I was doing it correctly or just like I don't know the cabling or whatever to the radio. But I was able to do, I think it was like, it was a total of 77 contacts. That's good for a field them, day, yeah. Um, were uh, signal sideband, the voice, and the rest were FDA. Um, there were certain points where they were kind of just piling in there. And I even got a, uh email from one of the people I got FDA. Awesome. Um, nice. For field day. And, um. He's a listener to the podcast. So hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. Um, yeah, another Jason Ham Radio. So we don't have enough of those. Um, saying that he appreciated <laughs> my contributions to the podcast, so I thought I'd contribute again. So this is Kilo One Mike Afazulu saying it was rainy in Vermont. The water was leaking into my basement during oh, the no. field day, but I endured. Bye-bye. But I ignored that water and played radio. <laughs> That's the kind of ham spirit we're looking for. That's right, Nathan. Good Thank job, Thank you buddy. for the field day report, our volunteer chief producer. <laughs> I was on the, the, the edge of my seat trying to see who was going to be the last email. I, we, Alabama Andrew Voice, was talking yeah. about, or voicemail, was talking about trying to figure out how to get the last email or voicemail in, and then Nathan came in. As he does, he knows the ways, the, the tricks. He does. And there you that's go. Impressive. All right, Thanks. so that's well, oh. that's Leia playing an ad of something. I don't know oh, what's going because on. Because I was looking at the first voicemail. Oh, the voice a first email. The foist. The foist. The foist. <laughs> All right, we're gonna start climbing up the tower now. <laughs> the email correspondence tower. Why don't you tell them how to email us? You can reach us Voice. at Leia. <laughs> Voice. You open the internet. I get my internet from Google. <laughs> As my mom gets it from Yahoo. Yahoo. Yes. Correct. That's right. I don't even know that Yahoo's a thing anymore, but she's still got that shortcut on her. You can't move it. Oh, my God. You can't move it from there. Because then she can't access the I, internet. I, I am convinced that there are people who like they see computers better in as like a terminal, like DOS, right? Mm -hmm. My mom was actually very good with DOS. The icons just really threw her. And off. then 
Yeah, that was like, how dare you simplify this operating system? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Does she know that she can access DOS still, though? She would Would do that. Would that blow her mind? (laughs) On Windows 3.1, she would still do that. Like back in the day before there was Windows 95, Mm -hmm. she would just like go to DOS from Windows 3.1. You had to like exit to DOS. She would just boot the computer and have it like boot to DOS. But does she know now she can actually like run command? Like and open a DOS window with that play. You should I don't know. Maybe that maybe that might. I don't know. That would be so amazing for her. Wouldn't Why don't you funny? give her this gift? She does like the iPad though. The iPad has she's she's fully adopted it's the iPad. Touch screens. Well, Let's sure. That's... I mean she's doing DOS on it though. So. <laughs> How did you do How'd this? How'd you get DOS on it? <laughs> this is Unix space. All right, so I jailbroke it. The voice thing I did, <laughs> I jailbroke it. Well, when you open your internet mm-hmm. and <laughs> you get to your email box, yes, <laughs> you can email us at Leia at hamtactical dot com. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first email it just says hard road to hoe, and it's from Crispy. Uh, Crispy. Chris B. Oh. And it uh, it looks like it might be like a song, oh. but it's a YouTube video. And uh, I don't want to do any IP infringing or anything like that. So Unless you uh, made it. So if you yeah. make a video and you send it to us to play, that's fine. But yeah. we're, we're generally pretty careful of, you know, not even though podcasts, nobody really cares. You we still care. get sued. I care. We yeah. care. Right. Yeah. I'll drop the link in the show notes, though, Chris, and we'll watch it after we're done recording the podcast. There you go. Okay, so thank you. The next email is titled, First Permanent Antenna Question. Oh. This is a permanent question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the the permanent question. No matter how much you answer it. It's forever. Yes. And this comes from Scott. Good afternoon from Texas. I'm new to the ham world past tech on May 3rd. And then general on May 12th. All right. Look at that. Kicking it, it the only, emails off with some buttons. Only took you nine days. That's, wow. How did you do that's that? Amazing. I didn't never been done before. <laughs> never been done before. Been playing with handy talkies, then and fed half wave on a QRP rig since then. Mm-hmm. I want to upgrade to a permanent antenna, but I'm not sure which route to go. My budget is about $300. The okay. DX commanders are intriguing. Standard verticals are cool too. And I've been eyeing Wolf River coils. We're in a neighborhood with a relaxed HOA. That's a chill uh, HOA. It's not like the other HOAs. It's like a cool HOA. It's like, bro, I just like roll by wearing, I just like actually walk by wearing flip-flops and sandals. I still want to know everything you're doing inside your house. I am going to cite you. And if you don't pay your citations, I will foreclose but on your it's home. Like, but I I'll just, be real chill about it. But I'm just going to like cite you for like a six pack or something. It's going to be pretty, it's pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can like drink half of them when we play bocce ball on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Once you weed it, that's actually what you have to abate, buddy. <laughs> Once you weed your lawn that I'm signing you for, then we can drink that six pack you owe me on the lawn and play some play some botch. That's what we call it in the HOA. 
and uh, I would like something a little less obvious. Suggestions? <laughs> bocce well, ball antenna. <laughs> use that bocce ball. Uh, Throw tight. it in a tree. <laughs> put your put your antenna line. Uh, well, obviously, we're going to give a shout out to Alpha Antennas. So go check out the HOA Buster if you have gutters or. Oh, that's a no brainer. Yeah. If you have a law, if you got a tall tree, so everybody that's in an HOA, I just I thought the HOA requires you to have gutters. Well, they might, they might, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they don't want you damaging any concrete, right? With right. drippings off your roof, you just okay, so tired. yeah. <laughs> so tired it's like concrete, come on, I'm gonna have to tear, they'll have to tear out that concrete to pour smooth concrete. To make up for your water damage from it dripping from your lack of gutters making the concrete I just in like front of your home of unsightly. I like the impact of water. I like how... Like, you know what? I am the HOA of this home. You are the HOA you of this home. You install gutters. You are. Or I'm going to start fining you. Okay? But it's going to be like, chill. <laughs> That's not you. No. <laughs> You're not chill HOA guy at all. You're very not chill, HOA guy. I'll just be, like, increasingly insistent. (laughs) So everybody in an HOA, uh, check it, okay? So if you've got a big tree, (laughs) most of the time you can throw a very thin wire over that tree. Uh, But you need a permit for your tree. So awkward. (laughs) Is, is Is that tree a renter? Are they paying rent? <laughs> I know it doesn't work that way. In HOA, the but. board did not approve this tree renter. <laughs> but but again, hear me out. So just because it's a thin wire, like to the point that it's not even visible. You put up a tree house, it require you to get an ADU permit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big ramp, dog. You're talking ADA. Tree- I said ADU. It's an additional dwelling oh, unit. I- <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong? I thought you said ADA. Why are you like this? <laughs> like how much the how much the treehouse cost? Oh, it was about five hundred bucks. The real kicker was the fifteen thousand dollar elevator we had to install. <laughs> had to be accessible. <laughs> to be ADA compliant. Yeah, I don't think this line of I don't think it's funny anymore. You're the one that said it. I said ADU. Oh, Additional ADA. dwelling unit. I heard ADA. Okay, so <laughs> thin wires, super thin. They'll still take 100 watts of power. So you're still going to be able to put 100 watts through that wire, no problem. And they're going to be super, super invisible like when they're in free air. Really hard to see. DX Commander, solid choice. I would, I, totally fine with that. Um, a lot of the verticals will probably be okay, but I probably wouldn't go Wolf River. Because the the thing with the Wolf River is you you, you only get one frequency spot out of it how it's Ooh. tuned if you want to change bands or just go to the other side of a band that you're already on mm-hmm. you got to go put hands on it and that's not fun to do for no. a base i mean really the, the, the no-brainer is the the 10 to 80 meter hoa buster uh 10 from to, alpha antenna yep we'll give the shout out to them on that like, um, that's actually only $249, and then depending on whatever else you might need. And that's done. With the yeah. DX Commander, you got to build it. It's also great, but those are also going to function a bit different depending on how you have it mounted. Polarization is going to be different. Sure. There you go. Yeah, sure. sure. Go ahead. Tell me more about polarization, Leah. All right. I'm just agreeing with you. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. Like Makes the sense. confidence of the sense. of the sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure, Daddy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Scott signs off. 73 Scott KJ5 
A-Y-T. Scott, let us know what you end up using. Oh, yeah. Please email us back so we know. All right. The next email is titled Field Day Report from AA7CW. I love Field Day Reports. Okay. Well, this is the More food four. stories, please. More food stories, though. Like, just, I'm just saying. If somebody put some effort into cooking you food in a field, you should <laughs> really acknowledge it. Are they it. doing field cooking? Yeah. <laughs> At your field day. And this is from Chris. We had a family camping trip that coincided with field day this year. Mm. Please see attached pic of my granddaughter, Jenna, joining me as I operate QRP. Very fun time participating in field day and enjoying the with the family. 73AA7CW. Oh, my gosh. He's got one of these nice uh, netted camping. That is a man not affected by wind. Yeah, exactly. If we had netting like that, it would have killed us. Wow. It would have wrapped right around our necks and it would have <laughs> us right in the field. I, uh, I'm not going to drop this in the channel because sure. there's a miner in it. Um, and it didn't express. I didn't see say. anybody exploring the earth. Yeah. Ooh, this is another picture from Chris, though. This is his view. <gasps> the view from oh, the field day it. operating position. I love that morning fog that just clings I'm to just, the water. I'm going oh, to, I'm going to describe this. And the still water. Yeah, please. Like, yeah. Please. Imagine a lake, and along the banks is this uh, overgrown uh, grass and flowers and uh, all the bounty that summer has to offer. The, the bounty? Is there a cornucopia yeah. in the picture? <laughs> there is a log that is coming from the bank into this uh, mirror still lake water. Mm -hmm. uh, that then meets with the reflection of fog mm -hmm. on the water and above the water. And in the background, a forest of trees and a a mountain range. There we go. You know how I would... How I, would I will this? drop this picture in the show notes. You know how I would explain this? But like, yeah. uh, just imagine Bob Ross took this picture. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you didn't set the stage like... You wake up in the morning, there's a pot of coffee already percolating, and it's it's a proper camp pot, so it's a percolator. Who who was making it? You pour yourself Rest a, in peace, Will Williams. Thank you for oh, your service. Oh, man. You pour yourself a, a hearty mug that you hold with both hands, warming your body as yes. you look out onto the lake. The still, glass-like surface of yes. the lake is reflecting the background image of the mountain range as fog clings to the banks. There's a, the fog was not at the banks, though. There's a stoic log. <laughs> lives both on land and a part of the lake. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for that beautiful picture. I Good hope job. You, that was a great picture. Uh, printed and uh, framed that. That's that's peak field day scenery right there yeah i'll be dropping some photos too i took a bunch of photos probably not as good as chris's but i, I i'm sure that i mainly good. took pictures of antennas and weird <laughs> things i saw on the navy island uh we definitely did not have a lake nor nor log because there's no tree to speak of in the entire island i mean i got some pictures of some foxy foxy hounds you know but <laughs> dude i didn't i didn't mention the foxes yeah well, we mentioned them. Yeah. We, we mentioned them, but I'll say this really quickly. They don't fear humans. Like, we mentioned that part. But terrified of birds. The, the, golden eagle, the golden eagles eat them. Yes. Yeah. So 
They weigh three to six pounds. Like that's oh, their adorable. Right. They are cute as all get out. Like they're the cutest thing. But but if they you bite? see one, are they bitey? Are they sharp? <laughs> oh, <laughs> mommy, the fox is sharp again. <laughs> uh, no, so. The uh, they're they're dumb because they don't fear humans. And so if you see one and they see like a truck and you just yell at it, it just walks up to you like, hey, what's going on? And just sits there. Hey, buddy, are you going to feed me? This is how we got dogs, Josh. Dude, I'm telling you, they're primed. They're primed for the the native people to come get them. They want to drop. They them just off. want to be domesticated, and the navy refuses to do it. They keep making them hunt for their own food. They could deliver those mice dead in a bowl every day. But have, no, could I have a mice pate? <laughs> uh, maybe could a mice marine. I don't know. <laughs> I'll I'll take it barbecued. That's I'm, cool. I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> I just got the fur off for me. Like, just debone it, will you? Did you do anything, actually? I'm sitting here. I'm such a good fox. Who's a good fox? I'm a good fox. Everybody says. Everybody says, who's a good fox? They never ask, how's a good fox? And how a good fox could be is if you gave me some mouse meat so I didn't have to go chase around this island. Everything is cover for these things. Everything's grass. They are so small. But then I did see one of these mice. And it is the saddest looking animal I've ever saw. It was like, I don't know what, it, it could have been drugged. I don't know what's going on with this thing. But like it walked across these rocks at the flight line area. Yeah. It must have gotten some jet fuel or something. I don't oh, know. No. It it just like fell over on its own oh. accord and then got back off and toddled off. And I'm like, this thing is like, is it diseased? What is happening? <laughs> is it the bubonic plague? <laughs> it was, God, it was wild. I saw this mouse. And I'm like, I've never seen a slower mouse. I literally put my foot on it. Why would you do that? Not like because I'm gonna step on it. Because I wanted to see if it was like a like none of the animals care anything about humans. They they have they have no care about humans at all. So I just put my foot up next to it. I didn't push it or anything. Just like next to it to see uh-huh. if it would move. Didn't even move. Oh, it was just like what? That reminds me of today. Chloe. What's up, big moving tree? <laughs> Chloe has surgery in the morning, so she had to get cut off from her food by 8 p.m. And I'm doing the dishes. And she's obviously looking for food. She's She wants some food. And while I'm doing the dishes, she just lays down on her side in the kitchen like, look at me. I'm, I'm wasting away, mother. <laughs> I let her in. She looked at me. I scooped the food mm-hmm. and I put it in the bowl. She looked at me do it. Mm-hmm. she's very attuned to listening because of her big radar dish ears that she's got. And she, like, she could not care less. And she then she like, didn't I eat. noticed this isn't salami. I did, she didn't is... eat any of it until 8 p.m. And then she got cut off. And that was it. I have to, I have to warn you about this or uh, inform you because the way that I got her to stop barking at Remy, <laughs> Edison's best friend's name is Remy. Mm-hmm. Chloe met Remy when she was a new pup to our house. <laughs> okay. Like days after yes. we got her. He was And kind. I don't 
know what exactly transpired, but Chloe did not like it, and she did not forget. Him. <laughs> yes. Specifically. Yes. She has become pretty acclimated to most of the kids. She cannot stand Remy. Yeah. So now, every time Remy comes over, which is fairly often mm-hmm. because of our summer, very complicated pickup, drop-off situation... Mm-hmm. I give him a piece of salami to break into little pieces for him to feed her a little bit by a little bit for her not barking. Mm -hmm. And now she doesn't bark at him, but she seems very disinterested in her own food. (laughs) She's like, when are these kids coming over again? (laughs) When am I getting the salami? (laughs) Much more delicious than the swill you're giving me. She was full of charcuterie is what you're saying? It was... It was just a piece of salami broken up into little bits. But I can't imagine that her food tastes anything as good as salami. No, not at all. The next email is titled, Hack RF as Cheap Poda Setup. And this is from Zach. Hey guys, writing again as I had a thought listening to the Field Day and Poda Antenna episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the smallest possible form factor for a decent HF Poda soda setup. I was looking into the Hack RF, but it looks like it only has a fairly weak TX power. Yes. So would a small amp, the Hack RF, NFED half-wave antenna, and a Microsoft Surface-type laptop make for the most portable soda setup? No. I tried some searching, but couldn't find much in terms of the actual real-world TX capabilities of the Hack RF. Love to hear your thoughts, and as always, keep up the great work on the show and community. No. And I, I mean that in the nicest way possible, because the Hack RF is super cool. Uh, the Hack RF doesn't even put out a watt of power. Oh. So you would need an amplifier that could turn under a watt into something usable. Right, so you're still gonna have to have like, gosh, I don't even know how much power you'd get out of that. So if you had like a 50 watt uh, transmitter, or sorry, 50 watt amplifier, which generally is going to run off of five to ten watts output to get that max output, at less than one watt, you're gonna get. Maybe ten watts, uh, maybe less, and you're you're having to carry some kind of power source for the amp and the radio, the Hack RF, and then have the laptop connecting to that. The Hack RF might run off of the USB. I don't know. Uh, regardless, you're probably better off just getting like something like the QDX Mini, which is smaller than all of that stuff combined. That'll do FT8 or JSA call. Um, You can get the QCX, the new kit that came out that is going to do the same stuff as the QDX, but also be a Morse code transmitter. And then with a firmware upgrade that's going to come out later, it'll do single sideband. There are a number of QRP radios that are on the market that will do pretty much all you want um, without the added bulk of having an amp and the... uh, and the Hack RF and whatnot. And also the Hack RF is not necessarily small either. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it'd be the smallest. That's for sure. All right. Well, Zach signs off 73's Zach. I hope Josh answered your question in a way that did not offend you. 
Yeah, no, I, I like I the Hack RF. I'm not saying anything against it. I just don't think that's the smallest. All right. The next email is titled Amazing Podcast and a Couple. Mm. And this is from... Who is this couple? The... <laughs> And this podcast. This is from Theodore. What are you talking about? Hello, HRCC team. I started watching your YouTube channel while developing an interest in the hobby a few months ago, which led me to the podcast as well. Let me say, whatever you are doing, it works. Oh, that's well, nice. Thank you. thank you. I will eventually leave a review. However, I listen to you via Spotify in the car during my commute. So not a great opportunity to leave a review while I'm thinking about it as I'm driving. Oh, of course. I come from an engineering slash programming background. Me so I'm too. very interested in the digital comms over the air, which I found you have some very helpful information on. I'm studying for my tech license with my nephew, 24 years old. We are planning on a July 8th test date. Might try for my general as well. We will see how studying goes. Good luck, Leia. I think if Leia gets her general, she should be able to get a freeze dryer for candy. I think those are two totally independent things, quite honestly. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, if you get your general, you can have a freeze dryer. I can have a freeze dryer right now. <laughs> then I have nothing to offer you. I have nothing to sweeten the pot. But if that's what, see, your word is worthless because oh, I will, I will the drop deal, cash. The deal. I want the my deal tech, to be a handbag. The deal for my tech was you eat balut. We are years out from me getting the tech, now and you I still have not had balut. So, if anything, you're responsible it, for me not like, getting my general because it's like the one food no, thing that actually it, no gets in my incentive head. you give me will work now I know, because the I trust know. is broken. Oh, shut up! The trust <laughs> is not broken. You know, I'll I'll go I'll go buy a freeze dryer right now. And then I'll just use it. I won't let you use it. Please. I'll just <laughs> use it while you're at work. <laughs> um, yeah. The balut, though, man. I don't know. I can't. I can't get my head around You've it. got to. Can't. I got my tech. You did. I know. You need to balut. <sighs> I was so close to just buying you the deep fried balut. I think that would be more palatable for you. But then I thought, no, it's been years. You eat it out of the egg. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's actually really hard for me to wrap my head around that. <laughs> like, I, I have lived a sheltered food life. Like, as a, as, a, as a white person eating white people food, I have... As your wife... I have Who broken through many barriers. Regularly, I've tried. No, I like regularly worm that, that I ate at the Korean place. Yes, thousand times easier in my mind than why a would balloon. a silkworm be a problem? I don't there know. is a, there is a Korean dish that is made from silkworm pupa, and it is basically the crunchiness of a shrimp shell, but inside it's like the mineraliness of it's liver. So woody. No, it was just wood tastes like wood somebody said it tasted like minerally dirt <laughs> no it tastes like wood so all i'm saying is i make a concerted effort to try to even when i cook my own ethnic food for it to be something that you would enjoy eating thank you 
you're eating balut. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna make it a regular thing on the menu. Well, so I, I am also of the mindset that I might totally like it. I don't well, think I what, will. Uh, then but what's holding you back? It's man? literally a mental problem. It's literally a mental thing. It, I, it's a are mind. We suppo- are we supposed to film a video when you? Oh, I this? will definitely film a video of me trying it if I if I do this if I do this like I literally have a mental hang up on this I really do and it is no matter of like my logical brain tell my lizard brain that this is okay the thought of it like makes me feel like not okay <laughs> like I am not okay like this is the one thing that I am. Whew, it gets me. It gets me. So not yucking anybody else's yum, but you're it gonna, gets me. You're gonna have to do it. And this was such a popular dish in my home that we had it at least once a month really? as a kid. Yes. Wow. And we uh, we all loved it. Okay. The only time, and it would be like a disappointment when our parents would not let us have it because it was like a test day. Because it's like bad luck to eat it before a test. What? Yeah, the the translation of Vietnamese is something like uh like wrong answers. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like duck egg wrong or something like so it's like you can get in a zero on your test and put in all the wrong answers. Okay. Uh so but it would always be very disappointing for the person who had like a test the next day. <laughs> if there was quite a superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll like it's literally just chicken soup contained in its own egg. You yeah. Know? No, again, it's like it's like when you're upset and I say, calm down. Or think logic off, Josh. Think logically. Shake like it you're off. you're telling me things that don't connect to my brain parts. That's the that's the new thing I'm telling the kids. I went through a very long period of being a gentle attachment parent, working on like being in tune with their emotions mm-hmm. and and now that I know that they can identify their emotions and they're very open about their emotions when they fight with their friends I'm like can you shake it off <laughs> or do do or you do need to, to go, go home, home? Yeah. or does your friend need to go home or are you going to shake it off right right <laughs> like it's like oh I'll shake it off yeah, you will. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to get out of this lazy river. That's what... <laughs> Nobody does. Actually, I, I don't know that everybody likes the lazy river. <laughs> I'm good for like one or two laps and then I'm like, okay. I, like I start getting bored. River. I get bored fast. I... My issue with going on the lazy... You know, we're not pass holders, so we have access to Soak City. And we recently, because it just started to warm up in Southern California, we started going for the summer season. And the the main issue, I could probably spend a very long time in the Lazy River, except for the fact that the kids are always swimming so far ahead. And if you're in an inner tube just floating along, kids getting far away from you they're not into floating yeah yeah they're into playing marco polo or something in the water something so. dumb all right uh so theodore i i i don't need incentivizing from josh mm-hmm. uh mainly because um josh is not gonna follow through oh that's wow. what we know 
That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Theodore continues, keep up the great work. You guys make the hobby exciting and accessible for a new crowd of people. Thank Ted you. Ted from Minnesota. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Uh, there's an additional section um, with suggestion for tablets from oh. Theodore. Okay. Uh, there's uh, two. It's two 12-volt USB-C charging, Windows 11, and um, another one that's USB-C charging uh, Linux. These are tablets? Uh, they both need a keyboard but have built-in touchscreen and Who battery. Um, and there's uh, a couple of links. Um, there's a Cutie Pie. That's the Linux tablet. And then there's a Higo Lepsi Mini PC, I guess, which I will drop in the show notes. Thank you so much for the suggestions, Theodore. Okay. I will take a look. The next email is titled follow-up from June 2022. It's Whoa. been a year, Matt. Yeah, this is from Matthew. Josh and Leia, I emailed last June about the joy you brought my three-year-old as we drove back and forth to Denver on the weekends to visit my pregnant wife. Well, we had the baby. She went into the NICU for almost two weeks. Oh, wow. Then we went back to normal life. Well, I'm so glad that... Uh, that that's a actually a relatively short stay in the NICU, I feel like because mm -hmm. I've heard of kids having to be there for months. Um, so so glad she's healthy. Yes, uh, my commute was three miles a day, so that didn't give me much time to listen to your podcast. In February, I changed fire departments and now travel through the state. I just wanted to say thank you for the podcast. It has made my long drives enjoyable. It's not the same without my kiddos' laughter, but it's still an amazing podcast. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. And thank you to your three-year-old, uh, now I'm guessing four-year-old, <laughs> for, uh, for their laughter. I have attached a couple of pictures showing the crazy year we've had. Thanks again. Well, thank you for listening. And here are some pictures of Matthew. Oh, those are beautiful. That's kids. a good looking family right there. Oh, what a wonderful family. I won't drop these in the show notes again because they're uh, kiddos. But oh, that's actually she looks very healthy, even though uh, she's in the NICU. I've <coughs> seen really good color on her, good muscle tone. Mm -hmm. So, oh. Well, congratulations on the addition. That was fantastic. And thank you for the update. I thought those were headphones. Or... And welcome back to the podcast. Oh, well, yeah. welcome back. I, I get it. You think okay. they're headphones. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just ignored me. So. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> All right. The next email is titled, Radio Shacks Do Still Exist. And this comes from Boy, Dave. We know. Greetings. We heard the secret Radio Shack. Greetings, Josh and Leia. I no longer live in California, so I will let the secret out. Morro Bay, California. A great vacation spot that I can't go to anymore because I left the state. I will share it with you. Did you lose your permit to it come is. back? What does that mean? <laughs> so they tell you, get out of here, don't come back. It is a small fishing town. Lots of stuff to do. Shops, restaurants, activities, uh, boats, fishing, camping, soda poda sites, all nearby, and a radio shack. I have been to Morro Bay. I believe that is where my brother's car broke down on our, uh, we were doing college visits 
mm-hmm. college town visits for my sister. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to, she was looking at central to northern California uh, campuses. And my brother drove his car and we drove in a separate car. My brother, I believe, either did not check the fluids on his car or had a check engine light on that he ignored mm-hmm. because his engine fried. Oh. He had to leave his car, rent a car, and then drive back up later to retrieve said car. Okay. Because it ended up stuck in a shop. So, yes, I'm familiar with Morro Bay. It's not good for cars, apparently. (laughs) I've been to Morro Bay, and in between Sequoia and Morro Bay, there's like this huge rock that you can hike to the top of, which I hiked up with my mom. It was scary. That was really scary. Wow. It was my mom and my dad, I think. Well, yeah, probably. They really let you do some dangerous things. I'm attaching the Google Earth photo of uh, 510 uh, Quintana Road in Morro Bay. I'm assuming that is the the estate beach. I hope you and your family give the place a try. My wife and I love the place. I particularly like, like it because of the Poda Parks all over the area with the Soda Summit inside a Poda Park. The Soda Peak had a picnic table at the top. Oh. I live too far away to enjoy this on the regular like we once did. I hope you do see the attached photos. I'm going to show you. This is a picture of a Radio Shack. And that's what? in a in a strip mall, it looks like. Sales service installation. Are they just like, it's just a business that's taken over the spot. And but that's the Radio this. Shack logo. I mean, it is. But what if they're just reusing the sign or something? I don't know. Hey, that's a cool That's park. a beautiful view so from Kilo, that soda. Kilo 1174. Valencia Peak. Nice, which is W6SC353. All right. Here's another one. <coughs> oh, there's an antenna for you. Oh, that's Morro Bay. And that's Morro Rock. Park. That's Morro Rock. That's, that's different the big, than what I, that's different uh, You than didn't what I climb that rock. No, that's that's okay, much smaller than gotcha. what I picked up. Here's another one. Cuyucos. Uh, yeah, Cuyu- you nailed it. Yeah. Cuyucos? <laughs> Cuyucos State Beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's, they've got a pier. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Dave signs off. Here are just a few. I can't put them all in the email. Poda on Dave W three D R E. Thank you. D R E could also, aside from uh, We Dre, could also be uh, uh, what is it? Department we all Dre of now. Real estate. We all Dre now. <laughs> all right. The, the next email is titled "An Actual Reasonable Use for Jet GPT." <laughs> chat gpt in ham radio okay and this comes from greg hi leah and josh i just wanted to share i think i unlocked a real way for chat gpt to help with ham radio i was in charge of the logs for this year's field day and people had all kinds of ways they wanted to log i know that the awrl needs cabrillo format but programs like hammers only support adif I also had people who logged in by hand and then gave me a typed out version in whatever format. (laughs) So to make my job easier, I took the following log and asked ChatGPT, can you take the following ham radio log and return it in Cabrillo format? Really? This is what was input, this just junk of text. 
right? Wow. And after some coaching, it returned the following format. I'm assuming that's Cabrillo format. That's uh, good enough to me. That's pretty good. Looks pretty good to me. Then I decided to deal with the ADIF file and pasted the result in chat GPT, telling it to add it to the log. And it seems to have worked. I was also able to ask it to give me summaries of the number of logs on each band. Wow. Log Madness has been a wall for me. If ChatGPT can help me produce better logs and support multiple formats, maybe it's worth it. ChatGPT is totally worth it. There's total, and that's Greg signs off Greg. But <laughs> that's, thank you, Greg. <laughs> the, there are things uh, like all of these data entry, these formatting things. Uh, I'm so sorry. It, it's actually going to put a lot of people out of jobs because ChatGPT can turn it around in less than a minute. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and you don't have to be so polite to ChatGPT. I mean, I am polite just in case, you know, the future AI overlords remember how I talk right. to Right. That's exactly what's going to happen. And, and they remember. But, <laughs> but, you know, when you're dealing with a person... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not allowed to get frustrated. You can get frustrated with ChatGPT and be very short and terse, and it's it's, it's feelings are not going to be hurt, right? You know, so I'm just saying. That's what you think. Well, again, I'm very polite to ChatGPT, <laughs> but you can be much shorter, really, and your your grammar doesn't have to be. Like the capitalizations of the punctuation doesn't have to be perfect either. You can okay. just type it like commands. Yeah. Which I hear is not ideal, but sometimes who's got the time? You know? Thank you so much, Isn't that Greg. Why you're well using done. it to save time? Yeah. Well then you have the time. Because it's gonna make you time. No, I never had enough time. Now it's I'm always running into I yeah. just have less of a deficit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> The next email is titled HRCC Field Day Livestream, My 15 Seconds of Fame. And this is from John. Leia, I was watching the Field Day last hour livestream and realized that I could contact Josh via FT8. So I hustled out to the shack, having previously identified the call sign, pointed my tri-bander to 170 degrees in azimuth and looked for the call sign on 20 meters. I found it and pounced. Fortunately, Josh picked it up and mentioned my call sign in the process of responding. Nice. I was chuffed. Enjoy well, the podcast. Even my wife likes it. Not a ham. That's one of my favorite. That's the like, trick. That's the secret. You have a specific compliment that you like. This is the compliment I like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is John. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, John. And hello, Thanks John's Thanks for making a contact, too, for, yeah. uh, for our points. We appreciate it. The next email is titled, The Endless Search for the Perfect Ham Radio Computer. And oh this is from Nathan. Different Nathan. Okay. Not a volunteer chief producer. Mm -hmm. that's, not that he... See, that's confusing because you think he's producing chiefs. No, that's you know? it's chief volunteer producer. Chief volunteer producer. Nah, okay. You would All never right. say volunteer <laughs> chief producer. <laughs> All right. For exactly as you yeah. defined. Sounds like he produces chiefs. Yes. Voluntarily. Voluntarily. This guy's not even getting paid. Come on. 
<laughs> All right. What's that laptop I need to buy? The modular one. Well, let's. Hi, guys. Love the show. Finally, getting caught up on the last two shows, and I am amazed Josh didn't even mention the framework laptop. It was mentioned last week. It may or may not be in the price category he's looking for, well, yeah, but that's... it checks all the boxes. 400 nit screen with the matte know, finish is usable outdoors. All ports are configurable, charges via USB-C, and it's portable. No, that, but Bonus it specs, if something is damaged, parts are easily replaced by the user. Also, you can build custom inputs if you are using a radio that requires dongles and such for non-standard connectors. There you go. This is uh, this is exactly what was said in last week's podcast, it, you're, and you're it's not worth wrong. reiterating. I think the point that was mentioned is that the framework will charge off of a USB power bank. No, sorry, it will charge off of a PD adapter off of twelve volts. Is my understanding? All right, that's my understanding. All right. Well, Nathan signs off. Anyways, keep doing what you do. Seventy threes, Nathan K N for nvn and i well thank you so much i spec'd one out thirteen hundred dollars the way i spec'd it whoa so outside the price range that's yeah outside the price range josh pulled it up just to make sure that's i'm building it again yeah <laughs> the next email is titled field day 2023 pictures i'm i'm noticing a trend in a just to still a complete lack of any of the food pictures from field day you know what? just 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 one shot of everybody having a good meal together you know what was on your plates okay and this comes from uh pindle hello josh and leia oh sorry this comes from ronnie i don't know why i said my bad all right hello josh and leah this is ronnie ke8ljl i already called in my field day report but i thought you would like some pictures i didn't take many pictures the camper and the silverado are mine saturday we were under the awning and sunday morning i operated from the inside of the camper the older guy is bill uh w2bsa i BSA, mm, yep. yeah. And the guy who is by the vertical is Andy, K-E-8-W-O-L. Andy got his tech back in March, I believe. I wish someone would have gotten more pictures, but it is what it is. The video is of two guys from the WVU Amateur Radio Club trying to get a satellite contact. Y'all have a good day and 73. P.S. Let me know if you can't see the pictures. Oh, I can see it. We can see You're it. You're good. This is, uh, I'm going to show Josh pictures from inside the camper. Ooh. Love the Yoda. That's a picture of Bill operating. Oh, uh, I love a camper like that. That's a perfect camper. I mean, maybe not for us with the kids, but a great size camper. I like little campers. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I want something that is, provides all the amenities, but is uh, uncomfortable enough um, in size that you don't want to stay in it the whole time you know hmm. okay i think 17 feet is a good size for the and this is an antenna right there i like that i think that uh that could be an alpha antenna tripod nice all right thank you so much ronnie i appreciate that yeah 1377 that's how much it would cost to buy a framework laptop I'll call Linus. Linus will ship me one for sure. 
us YouTubers got to stick together, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't get those emails every All day the time. from people with millions of subscribers. Framework, please. <laughs> Framework me, dog. <laughs> the next email is titled General Exam. <laughs> Just as general exam. And this is from Heather. Hi, Leia. Oh, it's it's the Heather. Heather, how's it going? Hey, Heather. I know Mike's been chatting with you, but I have not gotten a recent update from him yet. (laughs) Did you get a chance to study or cram? (laughs) I didn't, Heather. I'm very sorry. Zero chances. The HRCC VE team is running exams all the way up to 5 p.m. Pacific when we start using questions from the new general. Oh, you guys are the best. It was great seeing you again on FaceTime. I know your craft project must have turned out awesome. Okay. So I was, instead of studying, making what craft. craft. So you FaceTimed Heather? No, when? you FaceTimed me oh, and I talked to Heather. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, hope to see you on Zoom soon. 73, Heather. You will see me on Zoom sometime. <laughs> soon. Doesn't feel likely, but I did have a lot of things to do. And one of them was prepping a craft for like over 40 something students mm-hmm. for uh, summer school. Yes. So, yeah, it turned out great. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> the next email is oh. titled Alinko DM. I, f- I let down so many people. I know. Oh. I feel bad, but you're the one that's got to wear all that. That's just... No, I mean, you wear a little bit of it because of the balut thing, I think. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I think no. so. No. Uh, Alinko DMR radios, and this comes from Douglas. Do you have any experience with the Alinko DMR radios? I'm looking at the DR MD 500T and the DJ M5 XLT radios. Mm, I do not. I, okay. I generally do not dip my toe into the dmr waters that often so you don't know sorry about that now with that said they make one there's a little little guy they make that looks pretty cool um i thought that was a cool looking radio i like alinko's though i think they're the scrappy upstart quirky radio maker i wish they would go back to just making weird stuff yeah hams would be all over that all right i'd give them a lot of screen time if they just made weird stuff again well, Douglas says, I like the new format, except sometimes I would like a longer episode for when I'm doing long tasks at work. Yeah, apologies. I mean. Put us in slow mode. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, actually, it, that's not that pleasant. No. We, Let's I think do it twice. We speak at a normal conversational pace. Watch the latest and then go back and pick a, pick something from the archive. I don't know. Maybe Douglas has already listened to the entire archive. You know? Anyways, that's Douglas KI7LIK. And now it's time. And sorry about that, Douglas. Josh had no answers for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the final email. Oh, buddy. Who's it going to be today? And this comes from our head and or chief volunteer <laughs> podcast producer. Chief head. Yes. Chief. Chief head volunteer. <laughs> Nathan. And it's titled, The Story of a Ham Saving Money. Hi, Josh and Leah. What? 
Just a quick congratulations. No, of course, not what you think I'm speaking about, because we all know the result of that. (laughs) What I'm referring to is, I believe a substantial length of time ago, Jake offered a not small sum of money to the charity of your choice if you completed general by the completion of the pool cycle. I totally forgot about that. Jake, save your money. Mm hmm. Jake, that means you that money comes back to you now. Like yes. if you find somebody else's money at the lost account, yes. but it's really your money. So you can so spend you're it welcome, on whatever Jake. you want. You're welcome. <laughs> Allow me to quote an email you received from Jake on March 24th, 2022 at 8.38 p.m. Oh, only 462 goodness. days, one hour and 37 minutes when you will receive this email. And I quote... Anyways, as Nathan has pointed out in many of his past emails, you only have 66 weeks left on the current question pool. So, Leia, I formally challenge you. $100 to any charity of your choice so long as you pass your general before the question pool changes. Leia, I know you can do it. I 100% believe in you. Best of luck with your three questions. (laughs) Well, the boy actually saved some money. Maybe he could put it towards a radio or some improvement or other hobby. Perhaps he forgot that he pledged this money and is glad for the reprieve. <laughs> you know, Nathan apparently You know is... what, Jake? I feel so much better about this now. <laughs> sure, Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan wasn't happy with the, the, the elongated title he has. He's trying to pick up Chief, Chief Archivist now. <laughs> yes, he's, trying to he's our historian. Right. <laughs> As it is often said when making fun of someone, it's all in good fun. But as we found in the past, that just sounds like an excuse. (laughs) Genuinely, I think of it as someone only puts in such effort for people they care about. And boy, did I put in the effort. Oh, Nathan, I'm so sorry. Wow. The guilt is strong. (laughs) Well, way to wrap it up for us, Nathan. And that's 73, Nathan, K1MAZ, Nathan, head volunteer producer. All things are difficult before they are easy. These are Nathan's quotes, right? From Thomas Fuller. If we were supposed to talk more than we listen, we would have two mouths and one ear. Mark Twain. The game has its ups and downs, but you can never lose focus of your individual goals that you can't let yourself be beat because of a lack of effort. Michael Jordan. Mm Mm-hmm. If anyone is interested, the HRC Glarg has a last push for General Friday, the 30th, before the change of Zulu. If not ready, the changes are not substantial to the new pool, just enough to trip you up. Either way, anyone can get it done, as time will tell. You can get it. It's not going to be that big of changes for you. You haven't even seen, like, most of the questions on the the general that we have. I've seen half of them. You've seen half? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll, you'll get there. I know you will. I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, big thank you again to Alpha Antennas for sponsoring the show. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen means a lot to us. 73. 73. And I forgot to mention it, but if uh, if you could, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, also, don't don't forget about the giveaway. You, do I didn't you, forget. Does everybody remember where they're going? They're going to go look up that There's 10 to 80 meter yeah. HOA Buster HF uh-huh. MCOM antenna. Yeah. And 
uh, there's one word that is bolded in, in the, the description. description. There you go. Seventy-three, everybody. Seventy-three.